Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. By and large, most of the papers are very, very positive in the uh, rollout of the vaccine and things to come as we head across the back end of April and into May. Uh, big significant change is expected from May with relaxations. And then they're even speculating that salons, saloons and shops and suntans, all of the S's are back on track for the summer as the lockdown will ease across May and indeed June. That's a front page of Making the Mirror today. And why are they so optimistic? Well, they're optimistic with regards to the rollout of the vaccine, people uh, signing online and picking up the phone and booking their appointments for a vaccine on the various portals that are available now. So Leo Veracruz says he's increasingly confident that pubs and restaurants will allow customers indoors uh, for a pint and a meal um, by June, perhaps. Certainly hairdressers and beauty salons, non-essential shops and retail, late May. And then the fully vaccinated people with uh, a green cert could get to travel throughout the EU within months. Now, I want to talk to Pat Dawson of the ITAA on that and lots more besides in a few minutes' time. But just staying with that, hospitality may reopen by the summer. The upbeat forecast for progress of the vaccine rollout is a front page we're making this morning's examiner. Break for the order as opposed to, well, I suppose it also means break for the border, if you like, because there's a fear now that people will uh, head across the border because in two weeks' time, uh, in the north, pubs will reopen for outdoor dining and outdoor drinking. Um, and the fear is that people will travel across the water border for their few pints, which, of course, you are legally entitled to do. They're saying don't cross the line because it'll be bad for the Republic with regards to the possibility of outbreaks. But there's actually nothing in law that can stop you from doing that. Some of the key dates in the North are interesting. 23rd of April is, the, is a big, big change where you're looking at a lot of, uh, you know, an awful lot of things happening, including pubs and outdoor dining, what have you, hairdressers and beauty. All that's coming back in the north on the 23rd. And then the 30th, they have more than where um, caravan parks and rented holiday homes, all of that kind of, kind of thing can uh, start to open up as well. And the 30th also uh, sees uh, all non-essential retail opening and licensed and unlicensed premises serving outdoors to groups of six and what have you. Uh, so they're powering ahead because of their connection with the UK vaccine rollout. Nothing to stop us now, says the Mail today. And they're buoyed within uh, the health service, buoyed up by the latest COVID figures, which continue to fall on a daily basis. You're seeing a percentage drop day on day. So dining back by the summer and the uptake of appointments is helpful. We're amongst the best in Europe at the moment with regards to numbers and rollout of the vaccine. But... The only um, fly in the ointment is the front of the independent that says lockdown exit blow, no jab for under 60s until June. Uh, So uh, it's good to be positive and try and accentuate the positive, but the independent to some extent pours cold water on it where much of the adult population aged under 60 will have to wait until June to get a COVID vaccine and a longer wait then for the second jab if it's a two jab vaccine. You see what I'm saying? But the Taoiseach himself says that he's going to register because he's 60. He's going to register for his jab. I mean, he probably has done it already. He was entitled to do it yesterday. The portal opened yesterday. Well, actually, that, that's not true. 65 to, to 69 yesterday. He's 60 years old, so he'll be um, a little further down the line. But he has also come out and said, like Varadkar did yesterday, that he'll get the jab when it's his turn. The Italians are freaking out, though, because Austria, 
Belgium, France, Luxembourg and Italy are the five EU member states on the high risk list. And this has to do with quarantine and hotels. And I think the Italians are somewhat leading the pack, I believe anyway, with regards to getting rid of quarantine hotels, saying things along the lines of Europe needs to reopen for travel. All of us need to reopen uh, for travel. Um, here on Lisa, the examiner has a, uh, an interview with Faulkner O'Reilly. Now, he's the landlord who owns the uh, house dubbed the COVID party house, party central up by the college. And of course, uh, he was through the course. I'm not going to go through that now because he had a particular order that was imposed and by the courts reversed. But he is quoted in the um, examiner this morning saying that some of the residents that are protesting um, with photographers and media present are just trying to maximize their protest by being outside his house. He says, every resident living near me or my houses, I should say, has my mobile number and they phone me and I'll respond. I've been doing so for 20 years at all hours of the night and all hours of the morning. And then some horrible, horrible burglaries making the papers today. One in particular, I told you yesterday of the guy who went into the pensioner's bedroom with a lamp pretending to be a member of the Garda Shikona. He got jailed. And then there's another woman who got jailed. She got seven years jail for her part in a crime. A woman by the name of Angelique Arundel from Mayfield. Um, she was before the court. It took the jury only something like 41 minutes to reach a unanimous verdict. But it had to do with uh, knocking on the door of a 76-year-old man at night, pretending to be looking for a missing dog. Moments later, she's in there ransacking his bedroom in a merciless, um, a merciless burglary down in Black Rock. Now, the court reports on Liam Healan this morning say that she ransacked the bedroom and the mobile phone was taken. Um, the place was trashed in search of money uh, and herself and another character who's also named in the, in the court reports this morning um, took uh, a bank card, a watch, a cash box and 15 euro cash and they left the home. Now the misfortunate man stayed inside in his room for 14 hours after this uh, and didn't leave his room until his sister called to his house the following day before lunchtime and she was so alarmed at the state of the house and the state of her brother that she then contacted the guardie and of course then um, a guard investigation uh, pursued and there was a jail sentence yesterday handing down to her seven years for her part in the crime. Uh, meanwhile, papers also today talk about our relationship with alcohol. There was a report out yesterday, I mentioned it, that when you look at every single person in Ireland and you average us up, um, the average person in Ireland, they're saying, drinks the equivalent of 40 litres of vodka. The big problem, of course, is the amount of youth drinking out there. But if you look at drink and other forms of things that one can become addicted to, the sun this morning on its front page uh, gives a perfect example how crime families are making huge money. There's a court, there's a story in the papers of a crime gang that made 17 million euro from drug deals in just three months. This is before the courts this morning of a man arrested and he was caged yesterday for seven years, part of a crime syndicate. Um, 17 million in just a three-month period. I mean, just gives you an example of the kind of money that can be made. There's some great beach-related stories on Lisa this morning that I'll come back to a little later on. But Gary Lucas and Balance Bittle and Clay Castle and Yall are going to get more money thrown at them. There's a 19 million euro fund knocking around. So that's got to be good uh, for Cork beaches and also for Cork businesses. We saw yesterday the Irish Food Writers Guild Food Awards. 27 years of awards and Cork does so well year in, year out. And this morning the star, sorry, the mail tells us of some Cork businesses who have won awards. This year we see an award for Tom Durkin's Spiced Beef. We see an award for Kinsale Mead Wild Red Mead. Beautiful, beautiful products. And we also have a third award for Neighbourhood 
County Cork as an Outstanding Organisation Award. Um, so it's fabulous. And us, there are more, but the Cork ones are of particular interest. Three awards for us. Bob Geldof wants to roll out a new type of live aid. Um, not food, but vaccines for the world's uh, poorest nations. And here's what I've got to come back to a little later on because it's rather confusing. You know Colin the Caterpillar, right? Uh, and we have had a Colin the Caterpillar for years, and we still do actually, for both my son and my daughter's birthday, because they love it since kids. And it's actually a lovely cake, particularly if you nuke a slice of it in the microwave for 30 seconds. But apparently, there's a lot more than just Colin the Caterpillar. Uh, and Marks and Spencers are very annoyed about it, so much so that they're in a legal bun fight now with Aldi. Because Aldi have a copycat caterpillar called Cuthbert. But that's not all, because doing a bit of research on it this morning, I found more than just Cuthbert and Colin. Because Tesco have Curly the Caterpillar. And Tesco have Carl the Caterpillar, which is dairy-free. So add that to the list. And I'm quite sure you guys out there could come up with more of them. So apparently there's the original, and then there's all the imposters. Which one do you like? Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show. Anyway, there's all that and lots more besides. Lines are open at 1850 Free Food Friday uh, today, again, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104-106. Uh, and we'll do some shout-outs across the morning. We will have uh, three winners again this morning. Four large pizza vouchers with sides to each winning group. So text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. Straight to the phone lines. Didn't get to this yesterday, but got massive response by email, texts and phone calls to the closing of Cork Airport for a 10-week period. There's been a lot of other stories added to travel since then, of course, with uh, optimism that we will come out of lockdown and offload faster and might be able to get overseas a lot faster as well. Mind you, uh, many people are already organised for staycationing and that ain't so bad. Pat Dawson is with the Irish Travel Agents Association, CEO. He was based in Cork for many a year with Dawson Travel. Joins me by phone. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. First up, with regards to overseas, how optimistic are you with regards to, because it's it's fluid, the dates keep changing all of the time. Yes, Neil, I, I'm getting more optimistic uh, as the weeks go by and, you know, everything is a moving feast. But uh, as you mentioned uh, previous, the digital green certificate is now being processed in, in Europe. Explain that, will you? Tell us what that's all about. Well, it's, it's a certificate that will will uh, you have a vaccination, it'll confirm you have a vaccination that you've had the COVID and will allow you to travel within Europe. And will that be like a, a, an app or something on your mobile phone or piece of paper? Well, yeah, it'll, it'll be a digital. It'll be a digital app on your mobile phone, and of course, they just have to be careful that you know there, there's no false certificates or, or whatever else. But if people don't have a mobile phone, it'll be uh, a paper certificate as such. Uh, Is there a worry that this could be fake? Are you saying, Pat? Well, yeah, you have to be careful. And, you know, uh, there's plenty of good inventors around the world with fake this and that. But having said all of that, I'm sure to be foolproof uh, when it is issued. So we're expecting that uh, to come before the the member council uh, in late June and, and to be up and running sometime in July. Okay, and that would be just for people who have had their two shots, of course. 
Yes, and who've had, uh, and also, I uh, believe, who've had the COVID as well. So gotcha. I believe they're, they're, going, they're going to include that. So, and it's for the EU, but of course, we have to look at the big bad world and see who will recognise it because uh, Irish people, as you know, travel all over the world and particularly the States. And uh, they're, they're uh, I have family down there, as you know, and, uh, you know, they're all almost uh, vaccinated. They're into their over 50% now and they're moving along. And of course, uh, We've been slow, but there have been bumps in the road and we'll get there eventually. But certainly, I, I would be looking at, uh, and I did it this time last year and it didn't work out, but certainly with, with the vaccination and, and, and that is the get-out card, I, I think we'll, we'll have some sort of movement uh, in mid-September to late September. Oh, for God's sake, that's very late, Pat. I was thinking, no, not, not June, early July, no? No. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I remember, you know, Ireland are doing well at the moment, and and you know the countries that will be going to, uh, you know, France is very poor at the moment. Spain has improved. Italy, Germany, uh, well, we have to see how they're doing this as, as well. And I think that they might use uh, uh, the, the, the 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 lights, the, the three lights, uh, red, green, and orange. And that wasn't a great success uh, last year, as you probably know. But certainly, I, I I don't see I don't see much travel, Neil. To be honest, and I'd love to say it, but realistically, I I think it'll be September. Because what what the Tonish has said, uh, he has said a green cert travel throughout Europe within months. You're suggesting that those within months actually is more likely to be September. I think so, okay. and, and also okay. you have to remember. You have to remember regarding travel, uh, and we have this ongoing battle with government that you know you can't just switch on a, a light and suddenly there are airplanes in the sky. Uh, I mean, we had a meeting with with pilots uh, a couple of weeks ago, and their English pilots told us that they need three months' notice to get forty percent of the fleet in the sky. So there's there's a hell of a lot of work to be done. And uh, I, I don't believe that uh, we, we certainly be moving around Ireland or whatever else, but uh, moving around the world, I don't believe that will happen in June or July. OK, well, the month September is interesting because that's the month that Cork Airport closes. Yeah, and uh, when when I, I got that through the grapevine uh, a couple of months, or sorry, about six or eight weeks ago, I heard it accidentally from friends of mine who who, who heard it somewhere else, the usual. And uh, heard it on this, they heard it on this program originally. I'd say because it was a, yeah, probably yeah. It was a whistleblower and, um, that leaked it to me. Yeah. So anyway, but anyway, we 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 do know they're closing in September for ten for 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 ten weeks. What, what do you make of it for three months? Uh, as we said in our press release, I mean, we're very, very disappointed about it because, uh, first of all, you know, the, the smaller airports are going, are, are going to be the, the last to come back properly as such. So if you take Ireland, Dublin will come back stronger and then we have to knock Shannon and, and Cork Airport. And certainly, you know, their routes already lost to Cork. They're now Shannon are, are the benefit of it. New routes have been announced for Shannon, uh, both to Corfu and to Las Palmas uh, late, late summer as well and I would expect that Cork would have gotten those and we're very, very disappointed. We, we, you know, we have to put up what we have to put up and and uh, I, I don't know how it, it shouldn't have been done during the summer months. Uh, I was even thinking about it yesterday with a lovely day and uh, what a time to do it rather than the winter months when it's cold and, and dark and I... I, I just don't understand it. Maybe you know the the logistics of doing a big job like that. I think it's a twenty five million job. It, it, maybe there's there's 
there's reasons that we don't know about, but certainly, you know... Um, they said it had to do with public tendering, um, and Kevin Colnan told me weeks back when this story broke that the public tendering commenced back in November, and they had to go through all sorts of EU guidelines for procurement to, to give people all over the European uh, Europe an opportunity to tender for it. But, like, surely, from, would that be right from tendering yeah. to, to start yeah. could be 11 months? Well, I wouldn't be an expert. Um, I'm sure Kevin is telling you the truth, uh, but it, it, tendering does take a long time with the EU regulations and such. But really, we're in, you know, we're in a national emergency or a world emergency. And wouldn't you think red tape could be pushed aside? I, I certainly, like at the moment, Cork have, have uh, just three flights in and out of Heathrow with Aer Lingus uh, and have a flight to Amsterdam uh, as, as such. So that's all is there. And certainly I spoke to Erlingus about this because when I heard it, I was raging and I spoke to Erlingus about it. And certainly, you know, they would have they would have moved their schedule a little bit because they're certainly going to be badly affected. And, and uh, also so the- a travel agent in, in, from England rang me uh, about a month ago because they were bringing and we, ha- we can't forget about tourism coming into Ireland and in Cork in particular, that they were bringing uh, groups of over 65s that planned it to come to Cork to stay two or three or four days and they've cancelled that now and, and that's, that's going, to, going to Shannon now. Like many people on on this program yesterday said that the Dublin Airport Authority has always had a problem with Cork, that it is, um, it has its sights set on just reducing it down to a regional airport rather than helping it to thrive. Do you have any opinion on that? I don't believe, I I, I don't believe that's true. No, I I think it's a Cork-Dublin myth as such. No, I don't believe it's true. I I think that, look, Cork has been growing and let's face it, I mean, Cork has been growing uh, uh, for the last number of years. And, and, you know, I think it's nearly 3 million uh, uh, passengers. And that is, that is a lot of numbers. And certainly it's going to grow more. And I don't believe in that. I'd like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to see, uh, you know, Cork maybe on, on its own in the sense that, you know, it, it can, uh, you know, get uh, aircraft in here because I'd, I'd imagine, you know, it has to be uh, clear through Dublin as, as such. And, you know, if, if I was Dublin and there was an airline looking to come to Ireland in the first place, I'd be looking for is, is Dublin Airport. Yeah. But I know I don't believe I don't believe that to be fair for, for one for one minute as such. And I certainly, you know, I, I think all the people in Cork Airport have done what they can and, and they do really work hard because they're up against you know, the competition out there for, for airlines uh, to go to, to smaller airports is, is huge. And, you know, hopefully it is still growing, but this does not help. OK, so the bottom line for you, at a time when Cork Airport acknowledged that their passenger numbers were down 99%, they had just one flight operating three days a week for a long, long time, that that could have been the crucial time for them to be doing any work, which would have been across the back end of the winter and through the spring and even early summer to get it all done. That's the bottom line. It's all about bad timing. Yeah, and I, think, I mean, that's a logical thing. Maybe there's something in the background that, that it couldn't be done. But that that is two and two makes four as such. And, uh, you know, it's a very, very big disappointment. I, I know loads of people have, have contacted us directly about it who were booked on, on flights, golf groups and whatever else. And now they're going to have to use that word traips to Dublin 
uh, uh, because people think that going to the Dublin is, is a walk in the park. I mean, it's not. It's no. pain mm. in the head. Mm. And uh, I hate going out of there. And particularly when I have an, uh, an, an airport five minutes from where I live and Cork people and county uh, feel the very, very same. But look, at, we, we have to be positive. We, we have to, uh, you know, support uh, our, our local airport as such. We are very, very disappointed. And, and hopefully, Neil, that, that my forecast that we will be up and running uh, in September, I hope I'm right. And are there, just finally, are there many bookings through your, your members for then, oh, for people are, overseas? Yeah. Or, Oh, oh, yeah, there are, yeah. And and remember, I mean, at the moment, we're shifting the people from the year before last, we shifted them to last year, and now we're shifting 400,000 people who have booked summer holidays to, to go away this summer, uh, and they'll be shifted uh, next year uh, or, or, or later in the year when there's certainty. But there are, there are bookings, all right, but they're for 2022, new bookings for 2022, and particularly cruise bookings. So, look, at, mm. there is, in, in our business... If we if we don't be positive, nobody will be after the hammer we're after getting. But look at, I I, I think it'll be positive. I, I think we, 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 the vaccinations and and hopefully I I'm I'm of an age that I'm signing up today mm. as such. So from that point of view, look at people give out and it's easy to criticise all this sort of thing. But you've got to be positive and stop mourning and, and let's get on with it. Okay, but what we do know is that there won't be tourists coming into Ireland across the summer. Irish people won't. Be going out of the country across the summer not until uh, at least September when that happens they won't be going out of Cork and finally what we do know is that the vast majority of people will be staycationing this summer would that sum it up? That would sum it up okay. but uh, let's, re- let's remember that uh, you know eight, 11 billion's worth of tourism comes inbound and that won't make up uh, that won't make up at all for, for the loss of inbound tourism Okay, Pat, thanks for taking the call, as always. Pat Dawson with the ITAA. Lines open at 1-850-104-106. We'll pick it up after the break. Grania and Morris are holding by. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And you pick up the phone at 1-850-104-106. Hairdressers, non-essential, will be given the green light next month. That's great news. Beauty salons as well. And retail is set to open, uh, to uh, reopen. And also the public won't have to have to be vaccinated in order to get a haircut and stuff like that. So all that's optimistic. The R rate is below one. Well, then to be absolutely honest about it, it's been 0.7 and one. But three or four weeks ago, it was 1.2 and 1.3. So that's great. When you look at week on week, we're 10% down week on week, and that's all very, very good. And there are no big issues anymore with regards to pressure on the hospital system. 184 hospitalized now. That's hospitalized and ICU'd. So that figure is way, way down. And no outbreaks in nursing homes so far this week. And none last week. So all that's very, very optimistic going forward. Lines open at one 106 I'll get to text in a few minutes' time. Uh, but actually, I do text now when I'm waiting for some calls because uh, we have a problem there with the Gráinne's line uh, and much of it had to do of course with uh, topics of conversation on air uh, from yesterday uh, and I want to pick up on all of those as well um, I think uh, Seamus also was down, yes he was down across Haven yesterday speaking to the locals and tourists and businesses and every day this week he's heading to a different location, checking in with people who are uh, spreading their wings uh, a little bit more, so all of that and lots more to come, much of it yesterday to do with uh, issues regarding uh, the changes in the vaccine rollout and people who were over 60s freaking out about whether or not it was fair that they were being given AstraZeneca. Sean says, and here we were in Ireland thinking that the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, couldn't do Brexit. 
and then that he couldn't do COVID. Hang our heads, Irish people, and our stupid media. <laughs> Thank you for that. Boris has done both with style and panache. Here we are with dodos leading us. Can we please find another Boris, says Sean. Um, why are some people saying, I'll take the risk by not having the vaccine? Look at the risk you're putting on others by not having it. I'm 66 years old and I have both vaccines now. Uh, better to be safe than not, as in both shots. There's a risk in anything you do or take. There is a risk when having an operation, yet you don't think, think twice about that. Could the clotting be due to some people not doing enough exercising as much as they used to, perhaps, Cassandra? One fast one. Um, I'm so upset listening to your program this morning. I understand why there may be worry about the vaccine, but the stats are there. And with anything, it will never be 100% effective. And with anything, it will never have zero side effects all of the time. I'm 25. I've been out of work for months and I have no idea when I'll be back. So that lady to say that over 60s have stuck to the restrictions more than anyone, for me, is very upsetting. I've been out of work so we can keep that age group, the elderly, the vulnerable safe. And now for them to be trying to delay the vaccine even longer makes me want to burst into tears. I worry every day about my own future, what my career prospects for a 25-year-old will be like what state the economy will be in, what I'll be paying back in tax in years to come, when I'll ever be able to afford my own home. Us young people are terrified of what our future will look like, and I feel this, uh, I feel like this every day. But people tend to forget about that, the future for young people. Yes, it's very, very true. Uh, there will be a huge, certainly a huge financial price to pay. And to answer your question, when will you ever be able to afford a house? God only knows with the way prices have gone. Isn't it true? Anyway, Morris, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for the email. I always prefer to talk to people if at all possible. So, Cork Airport, yeah. go for it. Yeah, no, you were talking about it there the last couple of weeks, you know, and uh, the flights. No, I, I do, I do think, um, I do think that it's ridiculous to close it um, to do the runway job just when flights would be coming back online, you know. And, and you've discussed that. I know we packed off this morning a few orders yesterday, but um, there was a point that I wanted to pick, well, a couple of points really about Cork Airport. You were a caller yesterday, and he said that the Dublin Airport Authority were trying to downgrade Cork Airport to a regional airport. Now, I, I wanted to make the point, Neil, that Cork Airport is a regional airport. That's what it is. It was never upgraded. Nah, nah, Knock is a regional airport. But Cork oh. is a regional airport, Neil. Well, what do you determine? Okay, well, explain what you mean by regional, then, it's, airport. It serves, it serves a region, right? It's not, it's not an airport that operates long-haul flights either in or out, right, passenger or cargo. It is an airport that connects to other larger airports and our holiday destinations. Okay, so yeah. like in the summertime, in normal times, Cork Airport is, is, is pretty busy. Like you've got, you've got charters coming and going, you've got Ryanair's flying in and out, and you have the regular uh, scheduled services operating throughout Europe. Do you, you know? really believe, Morris, that Dublin Airport would close in September and reopen again in early December this year? Not in a million years, Neil. Yeah. Not in a million so, like so, so, so can you not understand then why some people look suspiciously at the Dublin Airport Authority who run Cork Airport? When we were told when that terminal was built mm. and it went three times the price, Listen, nearly three times, we were told we, it, we would be, the new one I'm talking about, we would be mm. independent, autonomous and we would run it ourselves with no debt. We'd have our own board and be answerable to nobody. Mm. We mm-hmm. are not answerable to nobody. Yeah, I know that. But like, the, the, the point about it is, Neil, why was so much money spent on the airport in the first place? There was warnings at the time, I remember. That was about 
15 years ago, right, when all that was going on, right? And there was warnings from the airlines at the time that they were spending too much money on this. I remember Michael O'Leary being on, on, on the TV and probably on with yourself, a couple of people well, from Well, back, de- back in the day, they, they were building they, a marble palace, right? <laughs> and, and you can't deny it. That's what it is. When you go up and you look at it, it's glass and it's marble and it's lovely, lovely architectural timber in the roof, right? And massive concrete concourses and air bridges, for the number of flights that's coming in there, it's it's over the top. Now, I, I, I go to and from Shannon a lot, uh, Neil, with my work. I'm a lorry driver, right? And if you're from, there's a couple of industrial estates around Shannon there, they're quite close to the airport, right? I don't know, would you be familiar with the airport? Ah, area, yeah, right? driving in there is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. but I pass, I pass, it was only up there this week, to be honest with you, I pass the actual, um, the actual uh, airside kind of thing, you know, you can see and, and look at the planes. I'm, I'm going along the fence line, right? And Shannon is a massive airport, Neil. There's no doubt about it. Shannon is an international airport, right? And it always has been, right? But right now, up there, it's like a car park for aircraft. There are air. There must be about ten Norwegian planes up there. Okay, some of them with the engines removed. Um, there are, I counted about five or six Air Canada planes up there. There are three or four Lufthansa planes up there. There's one or two Ryanairs, one or two Aer Lingus, and charter planes, plus all the cargo and mail aircraft that come to Ireland daily are up there. If you go up to Cork Airport, no, I would be surprised if there's any planes up there. Yeah, because, so you've, that, just, that, because you've described aircrafts that are transatlantic by and large. But, but anyway, why, why does that matter? Okay, they're parked up well, there. Matters, because I'll tell you why it matters, Neil, right? And you're talking about the development of the airport and in general, the region in general. Unlike Dublin, right, Munster has two large airports in the form of Cork and Shannon, right? One of them is independent in the form of Shannon. Now, that's not doing great financial-wise either, but the point is, when, when an airline is coming to do a flight to Ireland, you, you're going into a region, and you're, you have two bidders. If you are going into Leinster, Neil, there is only one airport in Leinster. Plus, you have a two million-plus population Around that airport, we say within an hour, an hour and 15, 20 minutes of that airport, you have two million people that will feed your flight out and back, right? Plus whatever you, whatever passengers you pick I, up. All right, I, and that's all very well, but okay, but still in all, cut your cloth according to your measure. Mm-hmm. We have an airport mm-hmm. and we, we hear from the ITAA and we hear the government talking about things easing mm-hmm. and people being able to fly with, with green certificates and vaccine certs. Yeah, yeah. And all of that is happening. I bet you there's no other. I bet you there's no other airport in Europe that's closing in September for three months. Certainly, Dublin isn't. Why is? But, why yeah, should? I don't, I don't, but if you, let's for argument's sake, no, Dublin isn't going to close, right? And you're someone who has a few quid no in, in your pocket, and you're busting to go away on a holiday, right? Are you going to book a flight out of Dublin if you know there's a flight going? When I would uh, in, in July or August. If I, if I wanted to travel, yeah. Yes, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying to you now, right? That's the point that I want to make here, right? That you know now there's flights, we'd say, for argument's sake, from Dublin to Malaga, right? And you want to go down that side of the world for a bit of sun because you haven't seen it now in two years, yeah, nearly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to make that journey to Dublin to do that flight. You're, all right, we'll moan and groan about car closing and all that, but you will still make the journey to Dublin to get on the flight. Now, what I would say to people is, if that flight goes out of Shannon... Go to Shannon instead. Support the weaker airport, right? And and that's what Cork people should be doing. We should have an alliance. They don't want to be traipsing to Dublin or Shannon. But you have no option, Neil. You have no option. Now the airport is going to close. We can mourn and groan about it. It is a fait accompli. It will be closing. They are resurfacing the runway. 
What I'm saying to you is, one and a half hours away, you have another airport that's not that's not doing great financially that people of the region of Munster should actually support. Okay, right? okay. That, and, and the beauty of that airport is it does have transatlantic and it does have long, long haul to the far east from time to time, right? So, it, it's a no-brainer, Neil. It actually is a no-brainer. Okay, let me, thanks. Fine. I like travelling out of Cork, Neil. Right, don't get me wrong. I like going up there, getting on a flight, off to Paris, whatever. But that's all it's for, Neil. It's not for... You know, the big hoo-ha, look at us, we're, and, and people, you can go back right back to the Norwegian flight. But if you think back to it, all the fanfare that was around that, we were being collected from transatlantic, Neil, it didn't last a couple of months. And I, like we spoke about that at the time, and I was on to you and I said, look, Neil, that won't last, because if that would last, Aer Lingus would have done it a long time ago, right? And it didn't, you know, so we, we have to accept that. Cork Airport was the fastest growing airport uh, in 2019. You couldn't say that about 2020 because that was a write-off. So the last year when everything was normal, Cork Airport Mm -hmm. was powering ahead faster than Dublin, powering ahead faster than Shannon. Let me talk to Kevin Colnan if you don't mind, Morris, but thank you for your input. He's the marketing manager there. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Even at this late stage, is this still written in stone? Is it reversible? Is it possible to postpone? Anything like that? Well, we've been working on this for several months now. What we're trying to do is get this done in as sharp and as short a window as possible. Every airport has to either overlay or reconstruct its runway every 10 to 15 years. Our runway is now at its end of its natural life. Part of it is over 30 years old. So what we've been progressing over the last number of months is essentially what normally would be a three-year program of works into a condensed 12-month period, A, to get the funding in place uh, prior to last Christmas, and then do all the design work since so that we're ready to be shovel-ready for a very intensive 10-week period to essentially demolish the existing runway, uh, recycle it, and rebuild it in in 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Given that this year, you know, when you think back in the lofty days of 2019, we were doing 2.6 million passengers. This year, we're lucky if we'll have 200,000 passengers. So in that 10-week period, we might be discommoding uh, 20,000 passengers, which we regret. But if we wait till next year, when we hopefully will have 1.5 million passengers, it's going to be considerable more inconvenience. And the airlines that we've spoken to, all of our airline customers agree that look, the most prudent way doing this is do it fast, do it quick, get it ready, and then you have an asset sitting there for the next 20 years to, to serve Cork and the broader Just region. on, just on the, the work that you're actually doing, you're resurfacing it. You're, you're not extending it, though, no? We're not even resurfacing We're actually rebuilding the okay. runway. Pardon me for so the use of language, but you're not, you're, not, you're not extending it. We're not extending it. I mean, there's, there's no need to extend it. I mean, we, that would prolong the project even further. If we, but we don't need to because modern aircraft technology is like if you buy a new car today. It's fuel efficiency. A new car will go further and less fuel than it did 15 or 20 years ago. The same with aircraft. Okay. Norwegian proved that. You know, an aircraft, the same aircraft that's flying Ryanair passengers to the Canaries was able to operate from Cork to the West Coast of the United States. Gotcha. Technology okay. is moving in our favour in that respect. You don't need as long a runway to get to, to destinations like the So you, you're East saying that come September anyway, that flight numbers would have been tiny, uh, when I when I would have thought there would have been uh, the mother of all sales on seats, and that Cork Airport would have been booming in September. 
see the challenges we've gone from a situation before the, the pandemic where we had 52 routes and nine airlines operating to where we now have just two routes with two airlines like you, you mentioned on air yesterday we're just three flights a week not a day three flights a week that's, to London Heathrow that's why moment. that's why people who don't have the same amount of knowledge about this as your good self that's why people are saying now is the time to do it and we've, you know, I say all the heavy lifting on this in terms of the design and getting the funding in place. I mean, bear in mind, you know, there hasn't, there's been minimal passengers coming through the airport. So there, there's been nothing coming into the, the till of the airport as such since March of last year. So we were progressing a lot of capital projects last year on the funds we had available. Things like our new baggage security system. When people come back into the airport in the coming weeks and months, they won't see that investment. They won't see the value of 12 million that's gone in to stripping out all of the old baggage security system, which was old X-ray uh, technology into new MRI technology. But well, all of that's been done. Um, a lot of overhaul. Uh, and how, how was that? How was how are you done. able to do all of that though, and and not do the runway? Well, the part of the runway is that you know it's a major capital investment project. You're talking about you know 2.1 kilometres of, of of roadway of runway that needs expert planning work, we have to replace all of the, the ancillary electrical works as well, all of the navigational lights on that runway. So, you know, A, you have to get the funding in place, which only came through um, in November. You have to go through a very rigorous, robust EU-wide procurement procedure. How long does that um, usually take? Well, that started in November. Um, tenders will, will close this month and we'll appoint the contractor next month and then they'll be shovel-ready and um, to, to start works the middle of September, have it done um, in a 10-week period and be reopened by the end of November for what we hope, we all hope, will be done for Christmas period. But that's a five-month gap between awarding the tender and shovels on the ground. But, but what we want to do is stay open for the what would uh, hopefully be whatever business we have this summer to keep peak periods of June, July and August, which are traditionally the busiest months of the year. Airlines are looking to put in Again, subject to government restrictions being lifted, because bear in mind, you know, at the moment, the advice is still you should only be traveling for essential reasons. And people are also saying... But the ITAA said that they were... Pat Dawson just said that where you're at now, you're going to be that way right across the summer, 99% down, one flight operating three days a week, because they don't see any kind of change until September. But, you know, the airlines aren't seeing any change in government policy. So airlines aren't putting on additional flights right now because they can see there isn't demand. You know, we've all been told this year, you know, we'll be having staycations. We won't be traveling internationally this year for foreign holidays. So the market is completely depressed right now, will be till the end of the year. I say, you know, we've gone from 2.6 million down to, you know, less than 200,000 passengers this year. No option has has zero impact on this. We've looked at, uh, at the minimum we can do um, to disrupt air travel. But the best option, having looked at them all, is to do this quickly over a 10-week period. Then if we wait till next year, it would have to be over, done over nine months. Uh, and you're looking at nighttime works, which are more expensive, more costly. I, I understand. Um, uh, but, you're, so, but you're suggesting that people, certainly in Cork, come September, wouldn't have had, won't have an appetite to fly overseas. 
but there would be some appetite, but it would be it would be minimal compared to hopefully next year when you know eighty or ninety percent of us are all vaccinated and and it, and hopefully York reopens um, for at, at best uh, or at worst internal travel between EU countries and at best that's to open up to to more international travel. But you know that's next year. You know none of us see anything really happening. You know until the autumn of this year. Um, so the really, you know, with construction also suspended during the pandemic, we have to bear in mind, you know, engineers are having difficulty getting into the country right now because of, of the, the mandatory quarantine. So if, even if you'd wanted them to get in a lot sooner, they couldn't have done? We couldn't have. I mean, construction has been suspended okay. Okay. On, 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 unless it's absolutely uh, of an essential purpose. So we've only seen, you know, construction reopened in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, this pandemic has thrown up huge challenges, okay. but we've been progressing at pace to get as much of the capital investment done and to get this project, as I say, done as quickly and as cheaply and as safely as possible so the Cork has a runway that's going to stand us for the next 20 and, years. And, and you're saying, and I've learned this morning, you're saying that it doesn't. we never will need an extension to the runway because technology has moved on and planes can land there regardless of how long the flight is or how much fuel they need to take on board. Um it, it's sufficient for all of that going forward. Given the nature of the route network that you're going to have out of Cork, which is going to be as predominantly, you know, a continental European uh, and transatlantic airport, uh, getting people, you know, our ambition obviously is to build back the network bigger and better than it was coming into the pandemic. Uh, we still retain our ambitions to be Ireland's newest transatlantic airport. We've, we've proven there is demand there. We've proven it can be done with Norwegian. And we're working hard, obviously, to attract other carriers back onto that transatlantic card in the future. Um, but for the majority of the routes that would be served out of Cork, you know, they're going to be continental European, um, maybe a transatlantic service and services to and from the UK. And the runway length at Cork is sufficient for that at present. Do, do Norwegian fly international to America out of Cork? They're not flying at the moment. I mean, Norwegian have gone through their own challenges as, as, as a nation. No, it's just that you said you pro- we proved it with Norwegian, but they pulled out, didn't they? Well, they they did, and the, the company, you know, has gone through its own financial challenges since. But what it proved was a there was demand, and it proved the naysayers that the runway was too short to get from Cork to the east coast of the United States, um, which which you know was proven not to be correct. Um, because technology, as I say, is is our friend in this regard. Aircraft are now going farther uh, on less fuel, and there are even further greener aircraft uh, coming down the track in in the, the years ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're aware that Pat Dawson has said that uh, they understand that the work is essential, but this should have been addressed way before now, particularly when you had an opportunity when so few people were using the airport at the height of the pandemic. They describe it as disappointing. And I can appreciate where Pat is coming from. And, you know, as I say, one of the challenges throughout this pandemic was, A, to get get the funding in place, which only came through um, just prior to Christmas. And once the funding was in place, then, you know, detailed design works have been completed at this stage going through, which has to be, given that, you know, there's public monies involved here, we have to be due diligent. We have to follow EU um, procurement policies. And who is doing the work, incidentally? We don't know yet, Neil. Um, tenders will close this month and we'll, we'll make an appointment of a contractor uh, soon after that. And that, that announcement should, should okay. be um, made so, known next month. Okay, but you believe at some stage there will be transatlantic out of court because our understanding was Norwegian said that it was low demand that forced them to cancel the Cork to Boston route in 2018. Low demand. Well, uh, 
you know, one of the challenges with Norwegian was it was a it was a new brand name. Whereas if you were to get one of the household names that that people would readily identify with operating that transatlantic corridor, um, we've proven you can stimulate demand on that route. We we know people want to use it for both leisure and business, and uh, hopefully when U.S. visitors want to come back and and can travel back safely across the Atlantic, we know we have a phenomenal tourist product here in Cork and the the south of Ireland to offer. So. Uh, it remains part of our ambition to get transatlantic back in and out of Cork. Okay, and to those that are wondering about the who the contractor is, you've answered that. You don't know yet because tenders haven't closed yet, and at that stage, a decision will be made. Am I right? Correct, and it'll be an internationally reputable uh, company. People that have worked on similar projects like this. I mean, we've spoken to over twenty other European airports that have done this work over the last two or three years. Um, and they all have advised us if they had the option to do it over a short, sharp 10-week period, as we're proposing, they would have done it. But obviously none of them had the benefits uh, of, of the opportunity that's presented to us, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, but you gotcha. know, our traffic down 97%. So um, it, this is the best option, um, given that you know no option comes without uh, risks or impact. Um, oh, I know. It's just that I know it's not comparable. Well, it's somewhat comparable. Cork City Council decided to pedestrianise 17 city streets. They made an announcement on it to- a week ago, uh, on a- and we-, we were talking about it here on the Friday. And the following Monday, there were diggers in our streets digging them up and resurfacing them. I mean, it was lightning fast. And I can appreciate that, but, you know, what is of foremost priority here is that we can build uh, a piece of infrastructure that's going to connect Cork and indeed the, the south of Ireland to the rest of the world for the next 20 years. A runway is a very complex piece of engineering. Uh, it's not just as simple as laying down a bit of tarmac at them. Uh, it's a very complex process. It involves a lot of safety considerations. As I say, it's been, we've spent months now designing the new runway as it will be. Uh, and you know, once it's completed this November, uh, it's going to serve, you know, this region and, and help us build up that network for the next 15 or 20 years. OK, Kevin, thank you for taking the call. Appreciate it as always. Kevin Cullinan, Marketing Manager at Cork Airport. Text 0868104106. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best and newest names in Irish music. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. Uh, you can pick up the phone, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text for our free food Friday, Oak Fire Pizza. Again, we'll have three winners again today, and each of you will receive four large pizza vouchers with sides as well. So when you collect your piping hot pizzas, you'll get some sides also, whatever you would like. Uh, and today we'll have three more winners, and then you can go and pick up your, if you're getting some pizza this weekend, Oak Fire Pizza, Woodfire Pizza, The Real McCoy, Clonacilty, Bandon, Princess Street, and their new pizza shop on Gill Abbey Street. So let's do some shout-outs then. For James Barry, uh, working hard this morning, flat out in Blackpool, installing a new boiler. And yes, we are fully registered. I know you are. Uh, we'd love to appreciate some pizza. This is everybody at Reynolds Logistics in Little Island and everyone at St. Anne's Ward in Merriamount Hospice doing an amazing job. Morning to Karen. The Animal Care Hospital in Douglas are listening, working right through the pandemic with all the cute Sick animals. Morning, Amy. Hi also to Amanda, who's working from home in Shanakeel. Gary Coleman on his way to Middleton to do the shopping with his beautiful wife, Beverly. Uh, love listening to the program every day. Morning to Chloe in Charleville, planning on heading to Cork 
for the day out tomorrow. Well, enjoy. To the lads at Silverstream Packaging in Little Island. Morning to Kieran, to Ross, Neve, Stephen, Deirdre, Aaron and John. Uh, and they would dig into the pizzas, no problem. The finance team at Hobart, Hobart AV Pound at Goulds Hill in, Mid- in Middleton, in Mallow, I should say. Kelher's Electrical, you're a customer of ours. You were in here Saturday. Shout out for a free food Friday, please. We'd love some pizza. Well, didn't I play a song for you earlier in the week? Didn't I play uh, the ELO? You never know what might happen. Casey family working and studying for final year college. Morning to you all at Wise Tech in Glanmire to everybody in international trading on the Tremor Road. My mother-in-law, who's looking after the kids tomorrow night, so a big pizza and a bottle of wine would be great, says Jody and Dunamore. Ray O'Donoghue and Clark, the auctioneers, are listening this morning, as is everybody at Cronin Electric in, in Kilbritton. And just three or four more now. Uh, Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike, Bulmers Ireland in Little Island, uh, and everyone who is listening at Ga- Anglesey Street Garda Station, particularly the clerical staff, cheeky cherubs, RPC, RPC haulage in Granada, and uh, Laura O'Connell working at home in Kilconi, Kilcully for Clodera since the first lockdown in March last year. So there's some shout outs. Keep those texts coming, text 0868104106, and we'll do some more shout outs again in about 20 minutes' time, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. With regards to some positivity and AstraZeneca, my husband and I received the vaccine last week. We're both in our early 60s. We were so grateful because we were hospitalized last year. I understand people's fears, but there are side effects to all medications. Uh, think positive. You might put on a positive song like Always Walk on the Bright Side of Life to cheer us all up, says Maria. Well, I'll dig it out. The Monty Python version, I hope, is it? Yeah. I'm 57 and received AstraZeneca in March. In 2018, I suffered Saddle PE. I'll tell you what that is in a minute. Saddle PE from a flight from Spain with a broken leg. I spent 16 days in the fabulous care of the CUH at the time. Following administration, following getting the AZ, I've had no side effects. In fact, I feel healthy and physically and mentally. Uh, thank you. Keep up the good work. Saddle PE is a large blood clot. It's a clot that gets stuck in one of your main arteries. A blockage can happen. Uh, and that's what that was. And that uh, was saddle PE. So that's a clot on a flight from Spain. So is there any wonder at 57 that you got, you got vaccinated? You'd be very vulnerable with that clot issue. Pat says then, with, with parking spaces slowly being eradicated in Cork City for those that may need them, the vulnerable, the elderly and families with children, could I propose a city council app that would advise motorists of the location of available spaces? This would be separate from the multi-story garages. And I'm talking about street parking. It's a great idea, and I'm sure that there must be tech and an app somewhere in the world that does that. I don't know what would be needed to be installed. Some kind of tech would have to be installed at the parking space. But maybe some kind of an app from City Council to let the vulnerable, the elderly, um, you know, uh, you know, you have the, we used to call them mother and baby spots, but I think it's parent and baby spots is the right term now, and disability uh, spots. It would be good for people to know, someone with a disability, to know in advance of coming into the city, you know. I don't even know whether you could book a space if you were uh, disabled or, or whatever, but certainly it's a good idea and thank you for it. Anyway, I'll plow through some more texts and emails across the morning. I also got a text this morning. It says, um, any ideas what happened in Wilton Wednesday evening? A fella attacked people around the hospital at five o'clock. He hit two or three people coming out of the hospital and attacked someone across the road as well. When I was driving on, I then saw him chasing someone around the car park near the pharmacy, says Mike. 
that's as much as I know, Mike, what you're telling us. We can certainly check with the Gardaí and see if there's anything from Garda Press. But maybe somebody might have observed it. Uh, I'll come back to that. That's from uh, Wednesday evening in Wilton. I think we already have checked with Garda Press and we're waiting a response. So thanks for that. It's always great when people get in touch with stories or incidents that they see themselves. So keep that coming. Back after the break. Calls on the way. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Pat says, no wonder, uh, no wonder O'Leary of Ryanair pulled out of Cork. He's laughing at us and I don't blame him, says Pat by text. Mike, Michael, good morning. Thanks for holding. Morning, Neil. How are you? Regular user of Cork Airport. What are your thoughts on this closing in September? I think it's an absolute disgrace, Neil. It's a, it's a national scandal, to be honest with you. I use that airport. I, I suppose the only two months of the year I don't use it is July and August. I travelled to Spain a lot. You still there, pal? A- Sorry, you travelled to Spain. Is that for work or do you have somewhere there? Is no, it no, for- I have a place over there. I have a oh, place yeah. for the last 25 years just outside Malaga. So okay. I, I spend, I'm in and out of that airport every single month bar July and August where I, it's too hot to go to Spain in July and August. But I've, I've learned about Disney last, I think it was last January. That was in the main last January. What shocked me was that it, the press didn't have it. The press weren't talking about it. They weren't printing about it. And when I said it to people, they thought I was imagining it. But this, the, and the whole PR exercise was to leak this out gently, I was told by someone in the airport. The, the deal was, let's, let's, let's filter it out slowly because there's going to be a backlash here. And because this was decided by civil servants up in Dublin that don't give a damn or a wreck about Cork Airport. I mean, Neil, can you imagine the second city in a country? We're supposed to be, we're classed as one of the wealthiest countries in Europe. And we, our second city is closing down after being closed down for the past year and a half is now going to close in, in September, October and into November. Okay, I'm and not the, going to revisit much of the story again, if you don't mind, right. because I've done all of that. No, and and, yeah, and I've heard right. about, firstly, they had to get funding. And when the funding was allocated, then they had to go to tender. And they went to tender in November. The tender process stays open for a matter of months, I would imagine six months. And that comes yeah. to a close this month. Um, you know, that, like, so that, well, that's I, the I, reason behind that, it. Um, the, te- the tender, but this was happening for three years. They knew about this. They knew about it this time 12 months ago. They knew about it 16 months ago. And but if you haven't got money and you haven't got funding, now where that comes from, I don't know. It could be international well, but, funding, I don't know. But that only that was only agreed in November. Not 12 months ago, you know, not yeah. two years ago, last November. But, 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 but all I'm saying is that they were aware that we had a problem with the runway. It needed to be resurfaced. And our politicians, Mr. Coveney and Mr. McGrath, knew about this 12 months ago. They knew this a good lad, good lord lads. I mean, come on, I'm in business a long time, Neil. Common sense is what's needed here, not civil service. You believe that a senior politician on Lisa should have known about this way in advance, picked up the phone and said, don't even think about it, get it done now. Don't even think about it. I'm representing these people in Cork. They're not willing to travel to Dublin. Dublin is a nightmare to travel. We have a motorway up there. But, I mean, Dublin is chock-a-block as it is when things are normal. It's bad enough going up and flying out of Dublin, but it's a curse flying back into Dublin and then having to come back to Cork. I always found that a dose. Absolutely. Going out your a high, coming back here on a low, yeah. and you're the last thing you want to face is coming into Dublin, getting into the red car park, the blue car park, purple car park, and you're, you're you want to, where's my car? It could be twelve o'clock at night. If you have kids, uh, you know what I mean. You, you, the you only know thing I can say about it is like they're intelligent people at Cork Airport. They run an airport that is growing year in year out. They wouldn't intentionally drop the ball on this. They just wouldn't. 
I, but that's why it's better as belief, Neil. I mean, can you think of any other city? Well, I mean, think of it now that if they did it in the last five years, if they said, lads, it's been the same way for the last five years, we're going to have to push it out a year because we can't do this to the people of Cork and Munster because they've been locked down for over a year and a half by the time we get going. Would you just finally, would you just please tell me, do you believe, because they don't seem to believe that there would be much demand in September to go out of Cork? Neil, that is the, that, that's what got my, that's what vexed me more than anything. That is so untrue. That, that, that's a total untruth. I think of it now. You cannot get flights. We go out there golfing with lads. I go out there motorcycling with guys. We have to book the September flights well in advance. Why? Because when all the mummy and daddies get and the, and the grandchildren go back to school, the grannies, my age group, I'm 63, they decide now is our time to go. You cannot get on a flight. Air Lingus, yeah, no Ryanair, yeah. if you try to book it in August. It's too late. You, it's the premium. You check the prices. It's premium price in September and October. Why? Because demand is there. Okay. So for any man in Cork Airport to say that that's not a busy time is absolutely ludicrous. Okay. The quietest time is April, May. Uh, uh, April, May, sorry, June picks, yeah, June. April, May is quieter than September, October. Okay, okay. And that is a fact, Neil. Okay, that this is not a question. is a total fabrication. Thank you for that. I want to talk to Finn. David's next. Thank you so much, Michael. Have a good day. David, go ahead. Hello, Neil. <coughs> that man, what's the call now? Is this? The man having a clue. Well, he's, only the, he's only running the corner shop above there. He's talking about transatlantic flights. For, uh, you know the Army 737s that we use, that we use the airport thing, Bob? For that to be fully laden and full of passengers, it needs 10,000 feet of runway. I don't know anything about that, except that the man told me that planes have changed so much and technology has changed that the length of Cork Airport does not in any way impede international overseas transatlantic then, flights then why, when I phoned to get on with him, why wasn't I allowed to get on with him? Because you didn't ask him any questions. I didn't ask him any questions. What do you think I was no. talking to him about? You just put things what you thought, right? No, the point about it. I is asked him. Ab- no, I asked him about. No, did no, you not no, hear no, me asking him about extending the runway? And he said it's not needed. You don't need to anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you listen? There's a new plane coming out now. It's same up. It's the A320 XLR, right? And will it will have to have extra fuel tanks, which makes it heavier. Do you understand now? Yeah. And a plane to take off, it's all about weight. He if said... I, a longer I, one way to, for, to take off. Simple as that. He said, the bigger, he said the bigger Ryanair planes that come in and out of Cork can also go Ryanair, from Cork, can also go from Cork to the west coast of America. No need to change no, the runway, he said. The point about what you were talking about, uh, about um, the, 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 the Norwegian. Yeah. Norwegian collapsed because it could only go to one place. It couldn't take on enough fuel and passengers to go to New York. Check up on it. Simply check up on it. It couldn't take off with a fully laden 737 from New York. You clearly know your planes, David, and you know an awful lot more about plane models than I do. So would you accept that, that I don't know about plane models? Yes, but you see, if you're going to bring on a man to talk about that, you see, you you must have a background. Do you understand? And he was left off the hook. Well, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I did ask him a question about, a number, number of questions about the runway's extension, and he spoke about the fact that planes had changed, and you, you heard what he said. I did, I yeah. did, and the point about it is, what I'd like to break down is, where did the 200 million go above there? I would love, they didn't put a foot onto the runway. They built a big monstrosity 
But I don't think the figure was 200 million, though. Was it 120? Oh, yes. No, no, 200 million. That's the figure. Was that what it came in at in the end? Yeah. And the point about it was, I was out in the uh, there once in the airport there, and the two airports were done at the same time for the same money, and you should see Alicante Airport. Oh, my God. I'd like a breakdown of where the money went. Now, the point about it is that he is talking through his head about planes. The planes coming on will be heavier to carry more fuel. And look, it's very simple. Google it up yourself on thing about the DXLR, mm-hmm. the, the, the 737 or the A320XLR. They're actually building in the new tank into it now. It has to take on something like 20 Ah, yeah, okay, well, that's, that's, that's one particular plane. Yeah, but there's nothing else. That's the one now they talk about, the single oil transatlantic plane. That's the new one. The small one, the 737, that's or the A320 that's there, it couldn't fly to New York. Okay. 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 Let me get some more calls on the air. I'm also just going to go back and check. Thank you, Dave. Just to check again, just to be accurate on it with regards to the uh, cost of the airport when the new terminal was built. I'll get that figure. Um, meanwhile, back to the phone as we go. Uh, is this Michael? Yeah, Michael. Good morning. No, he's not. Um, Finn is on four. Let me do that. One, two, three, four. Finn. Sorry. Good morning. No, he's not there. <laughs> He's not there either. I'll do texts, I'll tell you what. Oh, we got a response from the Guardi with regards to that attack at Wilton by uh, the CUH. They say a man in his 30s was arrested for public order at 5.30pm on Cardinal Way. He was detained at Toka Garda Station and has since been charged to appear before court in May. The man was being aggressive towards some members of the public, but nobody was harmed. So thank you for spotting that mic by text. And that's the Garda response. To the phone lines we go. I think Finn is on one now. Finn, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I, I don't know different plane models. I bow to people's superior knowledge about the ah, size you, of planes. You need, you need planes, trains and automobiles to open up and cork again so you can <laughs> have a look and play with a few of them. But my point... Dinkies, I'd stick to dinkies. <laughs> stick to dinkies and a little K-Electric thing. Um, <laughs> give it to BAM because then we get an event centre and a runway at the same time. Would you really never, make a double job? You never know, maybe BAM tendered for it, I don't know. Well, yeah, but my point, my point on it with the, with the girls was, um, if you have a car and your car is coming up to your mileage, you sort it out well before it's up to its due date on a runway. And these guys are sitting on this for the last two years. And we've had a closed airport. We've had a closed city. We've had a whole closed country bar Dublin airport. Why didn't they get it done then? There's something, something not right with it. And I understand it has to go to tender. But if they get the, the funding at the end... They of didn't the get the money till, till last November. Okay, so last November, and they're telling me now that they, they've gone through dope, co- copious um, planning permission, and now they're only putting it out to tender. Come on. No, 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 no. The tender process is nearly at an end now. They're, they're, that, that's a, there's a clock on the tender, you know what I mean? People have X oh, amount of time. I understand there's a clock tender, but he wasn't able to name who was doing it this morning, and, and he reckons it's going but to be done in the month of September. He can't, he can't name... Because no one's been appointed yet. Oh, no, I get your point. But he's just saying the speed that they do this runway, what are they doing? Putting down a carpet on it or Slash doing it or something? Because <laughs> it's not as easy as they make them to go dig up a whole runway. Are they going to put down, like, parquet flooring on it for the planes <laughs> to land on? Because I'm, I'm dubious about it. 
<laughs> but I mean, nobody nobody would go out of their way to intentionally mess things up, you know? I mean, oh, no, I understand that. Like, I like really, that. I imagine that perhaps Cork Airport and those working at Cork Airport, and incidentally, the staff up there, if you've been in and out of it, they're the loveliest, friendliest people. Everyone you meet in there is just lovely. They're lovely people. Um, so this isn't an issue with regards to the staff. Maybe they just have to put a brave face on this because the decision wasn't theirs in the first place. Absolutely, but I'm, I'm just saying is that like this should all be be be, be done, and it, like we've been in the middle of it, no no planes flying, and there's nothing happening up there. It could be done by now. Okay. And I don't understand why why they're now rushing it through. And like this man said, even though he was talking about planes that we know nothing about, he is right. Those are busy times for people after a long time, and they might be able to get there their injections or vaccination might be able to fight and to go all the way to Dublin which okay. is riddled in Covid. Okay, okay. Thanks for that, Finn. Um, yep. Just with regards to the numbers and the cost of the new terminal, yes, indeed, it did uh, eventually reach €200 million. Euro. That was the cost because back in the day, around about 2008, they were still looking at an examiner article uh, going on about Dublin Airport Authority and the Cork Airport Authority. There was all sorts of shenanigans going on as to who would carry the cost associated with the new building terminal, which came in at 200 million. Uh, lines open at 1850 Now, I, I'm happy to take another few calls on this, but of other things to do as well. Um, Sean, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Good. So why does Hall Martin have a role to play in this? Well, I'm just thinking with there's so much money that they're getting into Cork, which is fantastic for the city and everything else. Half a billion, right. half a billion actually for the city area. Yeah. Half a billion, which is great, and he's a Corkman. But I think that Ballyvehan and Toker and areas near his own, like Turner's Cross, have been left go for for so long. Um, you were on about Dawson's, Travel Dawson's there this morning. I remember they had a newspaper shop in Ballyvehan the year ago, and it's gone, you know. Barber's bike shop is gone. Madges is gone. The place is derelict for for people down there. All you have is the kind of the Lidl and the Aldi's around the place, but there's not much enterprise anywhere else on the small road, you know. Well, so that's that's what happened. That's what happens when you have big, huge supermarket chains coming into an area. It it, it tends to hoover up the business of the corner shop. That's it. That's it. And, and uh, they could put in a few corner shops down there in those areas. I know that Madges. And Dawson's newspaper news agents, where that was, where Barbers was. Yeah, that became a kind of um, private housing. And that it may, is that maybe the way to go? That that shops in the suburbs, small shops, that the clock is ticking for them, and that they need to be turned into housing or apartments or somewhere where someone can raise a family, maybe. No, I think it should be more kind of enterprise because you've seen your citizens. Belfie has a lot of senior citizens, so has Toker, if you look at the CSO figures, and you can see that there's nothing there for senior people to go to. The pub, Manhattan pub is gone. That, that closed down down there. You know, there's not much for people to do, really, at night time. If you look at Conley Road, Conley Park, the lights are off. I was down to the council about that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so you, be, you believe that it's all very well to be talking about half a billion for the docks and the key area and the development of the city when really... Uh, it's wonderful. I think we should be like... But he's blind to his own parishes of Toker and Balafian. Well, it's great to see the money coming. It's expanding. It's it's growing the city. It'd be great to see a tram link like in Berlin and places like this where people can get around. Or get, we're all getting older. Senior citizens need a better way to get around instead of having to pay, you know, have to get a taxi or whatever. It would be nice to have a, a, a economical life where you can get into a tram or, you know, get around the city quite oh, I'd love it. I just, I would and absolutely in, love it. Yeah, and I think Michal Martin's going the right way, but I think that we have to connect up the whole city. You know, I think it's more than just Carrigaline, more than just Ballincollig, more than just Douglas. We need to link 
other areas. We for, do. For you're you're so go. right in that regard because who really wants yeah. to drive from any satellite town or any suburb of Cork in a car into a city just to park it up all day? It's illogical. Yeah. It's called like there are many people have cars. I'd say in the last year, you wonder, actually, do I even fecking need a car? You know? That's it. We've been only in it 50 or 60 times. But, uh, you know, Cork is transforming. It's fantastic. But I just think that it's when you mentioned Dawson's, that's why I rang, because I remember Dawson's news agents used to be down there. And I was, you know, when we were kids, it was driving. And the barber's bike shop was there. Madge's shop was just across the road. You'd have the senior citizens and the kids going out to buy sweets and stuff. That's all gone now, you know? Yeah, and, but and that was long. That was an age when you didn't have your Tesco's, your Dunn's, your Aldi's, your Lidl's, your Super Values. You talk about bike. There are bike shops attempting to stay in business and they're thriving, some of them. But along came Halfords and along, you know, huge, big international companies came in and they their prices were cheaper. You know? That's it, that's it. So it'd be great to see some action on that and it'd be nice to know where the funding is going, if any money is going to certain projects for those areas to develop them. You know, that's okay. all I was kind of phoned about. Great Thanks point. Ian. Thanks a lot, Sean. I'll let you get back to appreciate it. Anthony's standing by. Tony, good morning. Your son's a pilot, is that right? That's right, Neil. And okay. Oh yeah, you know you you'll know the cost of Cork Airport's rebuild for me, won't you? I do. Officially, initially back in ninety nine, when I was the Minister for Transport, it was one hundred and thirty one million. Yeah, I knew that that was, there was a figure around about that, but it went way above that, didn't it? It went up to two hundred and one, and myself, my dear father, we asked Lord Ufflin, who was the local TD at the time, and he couldn't answer for us at the time. Why the head went up so much? No. At the time, as to why did it go from 131 to 201? Well, because that's the Irish way. Look at the children's hospital. Look at anything. They go way over. The courthouse was being done up in Washington Street around the same time, and it went up by over five million. Now, Cork Airport Neil was to be left standalone and debt free when Seamus Brennan was the Minister for Transport at the time, and yet we were saddled with a debt of over 200 million. Mm. Shannon Airport cut links with the DAA, and it's a standalone airport now, and it's thriving. Why Cork cannot follow the same line as Shannon and break away from the DAA? I just cannot understand. You remember, Neil, you, you, you did me a huge favour a couple of years ago. We were trying to set up the Cork to Dublin airline. Yeah. We were very close to getting off the ground. We did, we did start to get picked and we couldn't get slots to land in Dublin. That's we, could what... land in, we could land in Shannon, we could land in Belfast, we couldn't get slots to land in Dublin. Yeah. You had, had you a plane and everything? We we had investors in place. We were on the verge. We, we, no, the COVID would have probably altered our, our plans, to be honest, because we were due to start the 6th of April uh, 2019. We had everything practically in place. And we couldn't get slots to land in Dublin. And you, and you had done the maths on it and everything, if I remember correctly. We had everything in place. We were going to plan a uh, 42-seater ATR, the turbo prop is what we were putting on initially. And we were looking for four slots in Dublin. Very early morning, mid-morning, mid-afternoon and, and late was, at night. And was it that they wouldn't give them to you or they didn't have them to give them to you? Well, they said they weren't available, we'd have to apply. But Aer Lingus, at the same time, were able to fly to Newark out of Dublin and there was no problem. Because our plane was so small, they didn't okay. look neatly, they didn't want to accommodate us. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't want the competition, is it? That's what they didn't want, because somebody said that we might be doing Lanzarote in another month, or we might be doing Palma de Mallorca in another month, or we might be doing the likes of Greece, which is not service from Cork, or Turkey, which is not service from Cork. Cork Airport is run by monopolies, and anybody that says anything different isn't right. 
Because if you go into Cork Airport and trying to set up a route that's not been serviced, over every obstacle you put in your way, every obstacle that you only can be put in your way is put in your way. Mm. Like we, we've lost Turkey, we've lost Greece, we've lost Bulgaria. Oh, the Cork you're saying? Or a Cork. Norwegian pulled out. Norwegian initially. Was there a flight from Cork to Greece, to the Greek islands or mainland Greece? There used to be Greece at one put back a number of years ago. It's gone. But Norwegian Pacifically got a license to fly into Europe to base a plane in Cork. And after a very short window, they were gone. Norwegian was still flying over Dublin. Icelandic were flying uh, Iceland, Cork, Iceland, Iceland to. Uh, that was Wow York. or Wiz or one of those, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, they were gone. Wow. They pulled out. Ask us of the question why. Really and truly. But they the said way. because they didn't, there wasn't enough bums on seats. The price. It's, look, my son is a pilot and their aeroplanes are parked down in Kerry. It's too expensive to park an aeroplane in Cork. Cork has been run by Dublin. And Dublin wants... It, Cork will never thrive as long as it's run by Dublin. Okay, okay. All right, the my man. in the street know Neil what's going on. The dogs, look, I have Pat Dawson this morning. And I've I, 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 great time for Pat Dawson. Great time for him. But Pat is speaking the truth. There won't be anything happening in Ireland until September. And Cork Airport, how likely is closing September, October, November? It, 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 be, be rational. If you were running a business, you would make sure that it's closed at the moment and the run is being put on, ready to start in September, the first opportunity. I know, but I mean, like, I've, I've been through this over and over with them and they've given me responses to it regarding the tender, regarding the funding, regarding COVID restrictions and stopping construction. And I mean... Like I have to, I, have, I always come back to the fact that you like you. No, if no, the private companies be closed on. Yeah, but they're not stupid. Like the people running the airport aren't stupid. They wouldn't intentionally come up with a plan that would, you know. Neil, I know somebody spoke to uh, uh, somebody. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll give you no name at the moment, but somebody that was on the radio recently, but you in relation, senior man in Cork Airport said no airline or individual will dictate when the work in Cork Airport takes place. Well, that's a very, very funny statement to make. That no airline or individual will dictate to the man- management of the Cork Airport when the work will take place. Yeah, no, well, they, n- n- nor should anybody dictate to a company when they're making a decision. But, Neil, if, like, the, 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 the pro, 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 uh, promotion should have been... This thing should have been put to bed last year. Yeah. Well, looked in, uh, I, I, I know that, but I have an answer for everything you say because they have the answers from them. They said it couldn't have been put to bed last year because they didn't have funding and they didn't get the funding till November and they had to do a six-month tender process and that ends in April and COVID right. didn't allow construction anyway. Right. You see? Well, why, don't they, why don't they extend the runway when it's been closed? Because they say they don't need to extend the runway. The technology well, you can't bring isn't... a white body jet in, you can't, you can't bring in a white body jet. And that's what you need if you're going to service UK, uh, if you're going to service the lakes of America. You can't, 737 is too small. They said a Ryanair flight that would fly to, to flies to Stansted could equally fly out of Cork, same plane, to the west coast of America. It could, but you, you, you can't bring the price down. You need, you need a minimum of 280 seats. Oh, you need bigger planes for less, for less passenger charges, but, yeah. But to pay yeah. you, like, the bonus is you, for a bump on seat, you need to be bringing 270, 280, and you need a wide-bodied plane. That's, so you need big numbers on board to keep the prices down and keep the prices competitive. All right, thank you for that. Much obliged, Tony. Derry, good morning. Just ahead of the break. Derry, go ahead. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. I remember going to Cork Airport to see a jumbo, Aer Lingus jumbo, arrive in Cork Airport. I know I might be wrong with the year, 88, 89. I might be wrong with that, but I remember going up. And Joe Murphy was a man from Cantork. He owned the Irish Vice, and Paddy McCarthy was on that flight. 
Paddy McCarthy of the Irish Forest, of the, of the Echo. Paddy was from Bellify Hand. That's right. No, no, well, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Terry O'Neill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They were on that flight, and I remember that big jumbo coming in, and there was plenty of room for landing, and I'm just trying to put that across, that's all. That a jumbo did land in Cork Airport. Where'd it come from? New York, then, I guess, it if it was those from New York, yeah. Sometimes around the 88, 89. Yeah. Joe Murphy of the Irish Voice and Paddy McCarthy was on it. And was and that supposed to be the first of many jumbo landings in Cork from New York? Was that the no, plan? No, they brought it in as a charter flight into Cork. Okay, they charted it themselves. But they the point being, it. it was able to land in 88. And she was able to land in 88. And that was the old building now. Because I remember myself, my wife and the three kids, we got stuck in the, the old lift going up to the lift to watch her coming in. <laughs> Happy days. All right, thanks for Happy that. Days. Did it take off again, though? No problem. It did. It had no bother. <laughs> One thing, landing, but it had enough runway to get back up in the air. It came in, Neil... And she took off again. It came in. The mo- it came in around eleven o'clock, and she took off again at about two o'clock. You don't remember a pilot by the name of Reuben Akana, do you? No, no, I don't know. Well, it was. It was. I, I remember the story in the eighties because I covered it at the time. It was a Mexican pilot on a plane that was having some kind of trouble with it and had to land at Mallow Racecourse. I, I, I know who you're talking about. I have a picture of that yeah. at home that plane landed on the racecourse in Mallow. <laughs> That's right. He, became, he, became, a, he became a folk hero in Mallow because <laughs> he had to stay in Mallow for a long, long time yeah, yeah. so they could build a runway to get him back up in the area. Yeah, it was a great... There could be a lot of people around Mallow. <laughs> it was a great story back in the day. He was a hero for landing it safely. All right, thanks for that, Derry. Cheers. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Uh, Councillor Kieran McCarthy says that with regards to Cork Airport, it's also important to bear in mind that with recovery later this year and early next year at the airport, the 52 routes won't come back straight away. It could be three, maybe four years or more before Cork Airport gets back to the 2019 levels you were mentioning uh, before it moves forward. And powers on again, says Councillor Kieran McCarthy. Thanks for that. Uh, you can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106 and we'll pick it up then at that stage. I'm just waiting on Kevin there, guys. I'll talk to him as soon as you got it. Uh, maybe he's there. Not. Yes, he is. Thank you. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, I, I'm good. Now, ju- I just want to bear in mind now that, um, you know, we mentioned this and got a response from, from Garda Press with regards to whatever went on out in the Wilton suburbs. Did you witness it? Yeah, no, I came across it. I was just out walking my dog uh, Wednesday evening and uh, just kind of, I suppose, bad timing. You could say, well, probably good timing at the same time, but just came across it then. What happened? So I was just walking my dog and I saw this young fella, um, only about 14, 15, I'd say, sprinting past me. So I thought, geez, what's going on there? And then I just saw a lady and she was kind of screaming, help, 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 help. So I took out my headphones and I just saw uh, the man kind of following close behind her so I just kind of stopped him in his tracks I said sorry what's going on pal are you quiet and he just uh, said give me your phone give me your phone and kind of just kind of tried to take my phone and then when I kind of fended him off a bit he kind of he went to grab my throat so I fended him off again and um, he kind of stumbled backwards so I said something something's not right with him unfortunately and uh, he went back for the lady but um, the lady then moved into a car that was on the road that pulled in and he, he tried to get into the car and then, thank God, I suppose I didn't have to go at him again because um, yeah. 
yeah. FC security in fairness to them actually never got their names but in fairness they were brilliant they came down and took over then Okay, okay and that's as much as we can say about that because the Gardaí are clearly investigating it but you're saying that this, this woman jumped into a car for safety is it? Yes, yes, yeah I actually never got her name either because it all kind of happened so fast and then you're giving statements and so on So, um, but yeah just because I think she actually said to me um, he followed her down Yeah, so she was shook uh, she got a bad fright yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, she did like to know, and you know, you should never probably lay your hands on anyone, particularly a woman. So you know, yeah. uh, it was it all happened so fast, Neil. To be honest with you, but yeah, but you intervened and went to her aid. So well done for that. Yeah, no, like I said, it happened fast, and when I saw the young fellas, you know, you see somebody out ra- running, like you wouldn't really think much of it, but I could even see by the expression on his face something wasn't yeah. right. Okay, okay. Then when you see someone saying help, 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 you kind of have to try and do your best to react not everybody forward. does though you know fair play to you because not everybody wants to get involved I know look each to their own but at the same time I was just trying to make sure he wasn't putting his hands in his pockets or anything because I know but that didn't oh, happen yeah. you came to her aid oh. and she was safe and the security came along okay well done yeah. thanks Kevin now we have a better picture as to what went on appreciate it well done for your intervention thank you yeah no problem not, Lee. No, we talk that. about the AstraZeneca vaccine I just want to do some clarification because this is important I'll come back to your calls then in a few minutes time but earlier in the week I got a statement from the HPRA with regards to because we asked him a question how many people are in Irish hospitals uh, the gist of the conversation or the question was how many people are in Irish hospitals reporting clotting after AstraZeneca vaccination uh, and they came back with a statement um, and then have subsequently come back with a second statement and a note attached to the second statement because they said um, that they wanted to follow up with regards to my discussions on air regarding AstraZeneca blood clotting and the HPRA. They just want me to clarify that they have indeed been notified of 18 reports as of April 7th. Uh, None of these reports describe an unusual blood clotting event that was the subject of their safety review. What they're saying is that they have not been notified, notified of a case that describes unusual blood clotting in combination with low platelets. And earlier in the week, I did connect the two. They're saying the blood clotting and the issue regarding low platelets was not notified as any of those cases. Um, And they wanted wanted me to clarify that. And uh, they said that they did not suggest in their earlier, um, I suppose their earlier press statement to me, that they didn't suggest that any of the 18 reports notified to them resulted in anyone going into hospital. All right, Because I had asked the question, how many were in hospital? Originally, they came back uh, the first time and they, they said to me that they had been notified of 18 reports received which described blood clots or events possibly associated with blood clots that occurred following vaccination of AstraZeneca. So that was the first statement. And on that basis, that's where I came up with the 18 reports um, of blood clotting associated AstraZeneca because that's what they said to me. Um, so their second statement then were saying, please see the statement below because you need to clarify this because it's of public interest on the show because it could cause undue worry and stress to some of your listeners. Uh, none of the reports have described unusual blood clotting in combination with low blood, pla- blood, pla- low blood platelets and they have not been notified of a case that describes blood clotting in combination with low blood with low blood platelets, in, in actual fact, they remind me that that's an extremely rare occurrence across the tens of millions of people vaccinated. So I'm happy to clarify that on two bases with regards to the low blood platelets issue and clotting. And also, uh, they're also going on to say 
um, that they did not suggest that any of the 18 reports notified to them resulted in hospitalization. So I don't know how many of them uh, actually did result in people going into hospital because they're not actually saying that. But they do say that anybody vaccinated um, with AstraZeneca, or as it's now called Vaxaviria, is advised to seek medical attention if any of the following signs and symptoms are experienced following vaccination. Shortness of breath, chest pain, leg swelling, or persistent abdominal pain. Medical attention should be sought immediately if severe or persistent headache or blurred vision after vaccination occurs, or if there is an experience of skin bruising or pinpoint spots beyond the site of the vaccination. And these kind of symptoms will be after a few days. So medical intervention is needed, particularly with regards to shortness of breath, chest pains, leg swelling, or persistent abdominal pain. Okay? So happy to clarify that, particularly with regards to the low platelet issue. Uh, Received the AstraZeneca vaccine last Friday week, and I had terrible side effects for two days. Two colleagues I work with over 60 had the same vaccine on the same day and had no side effects. But all the other girls under 60 did suffer side effects, symptoms of severe flu-like reaction. Has this any bearing in the government's decision to roll it out just for the over 60s? Just a thought. Well, I can't comment to that, but certainly you are saying that you had uh, terrible side effects and the side effects were severe flu-like reaction. And I, I know where you're coming from there because I had the first dose of the AstraZeneca as well. Uh, and the following day, it was hell, really. I mean, it's like somebody had taken a sledgehammer to my arm. But worse than that was, as you say, severe flu-like symptoms uh, for two days. And after the second day, it started to dissipate and go away. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Talking about this uh, legal action now that um, M. Marks and Spencers are taking against Aldi. Marks and Spencers have Colin the Caterpillar and Aldi have Cutbirth the Caterpillar. Tesco have sent me in. Thank you. Tesco and Wilton have just delivered to me their version, which is Curly the caterpillar cake. <laughs> so they have that, actually. They also have a dairy-free version, probably a gluten-free version as well. Uh, but Mark was just taking a look at, you know, how successful products or sweets or cakes or other things like that, you know, crisps and things, and a lot of the time breakfast cereal, can be replicated by other companies. And he just took a particular look at, um, say, for instance, Aldi. Uh, you know, and a lot of the time, when, when there's a, a product brought out that looks similar to an existing successful and popular product. What's also copied is the coloring looks the same. The packaging looks the same. The same kind of colors and the same font and writing is used. Like, for instance, there's a brand called Hunky Dory, which is the cheese and onion, spring onion crisps. And Aldi have a, a version of it called Okie Dokies. They're also crinkle cut and they have the same coloring. Um, Galaxy have a packet of sweets called Minstrels. You know, they're brown and white packaging. Uh, Aldi have a, their own version of that called Mysticals. And the packaging is very similar, same coloring as well. Nestle have shredded wheat in the yellow box. Aldi have wheat shreds in the yellow box. Um, Lure Pack is a spread, isn't it? It's kind of like a... Yeah. It ain't like butter, but it's a spread. Lure Pack. Uh, Aldi have one called Norpack. <laughs> There's Weetabix. Aldi have Bixies. Same colouring now. They, they, you know, like yellows and blues and all the same colouring. Um, everybody knows of pot noodles. 
Aldi have their one called snack noodles. And pot noodles are they're kind of a white strip with a yellow body. Aldi have the same. But the one that just absolutely amazes me is head and shoulders shampoo. Because you've got the big white bottle with the blue top on it, you know, the flip top. It's white and blue. And they have head and shoulders. And Aldi have a version. The same colouring, nearly an identical design bottle. But it's not called head and shoulders. It's called head strong. <laughs> so, I suppose brand association is what it's all about. They want people to see with their eyes the product and then see the price and say, wow, I'll have that instead. You know what I mean? There's a bit of a row going on at the moment like with Colin the Caterpillar, Curly the Caterpillar. Carol the Caterpillar and Cuthbert's the Caterpillar. But the only row at the moment is between M&S and Aldi. Tesco seem to be sailing away, doing their own thing these days. Anyway, it's a bit of fun really, I suppose. But not, I suppose, if you were the inventor of the original product. You know what I mean? You might be a bit annoyed about and upset. Back to the phone lines we go. I want to do the Vox to Crosshaven as well. Certainly not in Crosshaven because Seamus was down there yesterday. We'll do that after 11. Just a quick call this side of 11. Anthony, good morning. Morning. You were watching Stephen Donnelly get lose the plot or get the hump on prime time, was it? Did you see it last night? No. Didn't didn't see it. No. Didn't see it. No. no. Oh my God! Try not to try not to bother with that stuff as often as I can, Anthony. To be honest with you, I've had enough of it. You know. Yeah, but Fan McNulty gave him uh, a right doing over, but he went absolutely crazy. I don't care about this and I don't care about that. We're doing this and we're doing that. But like it wasn't uh, for the health minister to act the way he was. He was off his rocker. As he threw the rattler out of the pram. Was it to do with um, vaccinating the over 60s with Astra, is it? Yeah, all all to do with, uh, like, I, I missed the first little part of it. I was going mad. But um, it was all to do with the, the vaccines and the, uh, what the rollouts and all this kind of thing. Astra was unreal. But then they went back to Miriam to talk about buying houses and all that. So I'm waiting now to see if it'll come on again today on the, on the repeat program or something like that. But, uh, oh, must be, I, guess the, I guess they just get frustrated from time to time, you know? Yeah, but like he uh, he was uh, he was asking them about uh, what what was the story with the officials uh, that were sending emails across the floor to one official uh, all Stephen Donnelly's team, but God only knows how many Ste- people they have in there. Stephen Donnelly got annoyed uh, and sent out a oh. series of emails to staff within his department, wondering why his name wasn't being tweeted more. Uh, on his Twitter page and those that were Twittering on his behalf. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, tweeting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was he just got the hump over that. Like, I, I, the, yeah, and it's a great, it's a perfect example of of politicians who are all interested in Instagram and Twitter and social media and their photographs. You have it. Yeah, you have it. That's what it's all about. But like as I said, uh, for, for 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 a person, I'm I'm after getting my first one now. My jab last week on the Parky Creeve. And I have to wait 12 weeks now for the next one. And all good? No, no reaction? Nothing like that? Just a, just a sore arm and uh, uh, there for about five days. And I, I do have uh, another illness which was featured on the uh, Late Late Show last Friday night. Uh, a lady called Rachel Gorey. And she her husband died from a thing called esophageal reflux disease. Esophageal cancer in the way, but um, I have I'm going in now for chem, uh, camera treatment in the near future. That's throat uh, and neck, is it? 
it's 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 a nascent reflux. But the, the, the golfer, I think his name is Paul McGinley, or he was on the Late Date Show as well, and okay. he, he was telling people, stop stop using all these so-called um, intergestion this and intergestion that. Go to your doctor and get seen. Yeah, yeah. Because she lost her husband, like uh, three three beautiful children, and the, the trolls were out. She was telling her story on Instagram, but the trolls were out then saying, "I hope you die, you bitch," and all this. And she raised she raised one hundred and eighty eight thousand. Why are people so horrid? Well, that's that's what I'm trying to find out. Like I. Uh, I've done an awful lot of work and I'm and I'm going to be starting again now because this is a serious, a very serious illness. But yeah. people won't listen. They won't they won't uh, take in the situation about the acid coming up your throat. It destroys all your teeth. It destroys your stomach. I'm I'm on a special medication now to, to, to clean me out for, to go in for the cameras again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, that'll be up and down. The you know, what you're saying, what I'm getting the impression from is you're saying an, an awful lot of people go for over-the-county remedies to deal with what they think is heartburn or acid or something. When, yeah, it, when yeah. it could well be a lot more serious than munching on, you know, antacid tablets kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's it. Like, okay, but, uh, okay. I, I just, well, we don't know how long it's going to take now because of the covid uh, the COVID setback in regards to all that. Okay, well, you look um, after yourself in the meantime, all right? I'll do, I'll do my best, but uh, I just want to get across to people that um, it's it's a serious illness, and then Stephen Donnelly should hang his head because the, the way he carried on talking, he's, he's the health minister after all. He's not dealing with just the the, the the COVID vaccines. I know he is at the moment. Well, you're in, you're, you and others are an example of delays for treatment, you see, because of all of this. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, all right. It. Okay. Thanks, Anthony. Mind yourself. Yeah, thanks, you know, the age bracket, 60 to 69, Neil, would this age bracket ever consider the idea that they are not discriminated against, but rather in a privileged position against those under 60 who have an unknown weight ahead as to when they might get vaccinated? and have to still go around on high alert for fear of getting this disease, which is mentally exhausting and torturing. I also think over 60s is too high for those who should be able to get Astra in Ireland. In the UK, it's 30, France, 55. So perhaps if the government increased the brackets um, eligible for AstraZeneca, the 60 to 69-year-olds wouldn't feel so discriminated against if younger were included. I also firmly believe that those getting Astra would be carefully monitored by the HSE to prevent any risk of clotting to those individuals and that they will act swiftly if needed. And for a one in a million chance of this happening, I would take those odds. Uh, just to note, I do not work for the HSE or any relevant stakeholder associated in this area. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Emro Award winning music station of the year. This is Cork's Red FM. Okay, so try and accentuate the positive. The headline in the mirror this morning, salons, suntans and saloons. Uh, with a hopeful change uh, expected in the coming weeks when another announcement will be made that will hopefully also include pubs and restaurants allowing customers indoors for a pint and a meal during the summer and certainly starting with outdoors perhaps as early as the back end of May or early June. So accentuate the positive. The numbers continue to drop and the R rate stays below or drops even further below one 
all that's good news. Okay, I did a lot there on the airport, so I may, may well come back to that again, but I need to keep on moving. And f- don't forget, Free Food Friday shout-outs, uh, just seconds away now, but do text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. We'll have three winners again today. Each of you will receive four large pizza vouchers. And when you go and get and pick out your hot pizza, you'll also get sides to go. So there'll be a great big party for you with the four large pizzas. Uh, from Oak Fire Pizza, Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street and Gillaby Street. So text who you are and where you are. 086 Morning to Mary and all of the team at Argos and Mahan, to the Brothers of Charity Day Service who are listening, uh, to everybody including Christine and Martin, uh, working for Dell in Ballancolic, Storefit Shopfitters in Wilton, Little Island Childcare, Little Hands Childcare, my apologies, and Redemption Road, to all of the gang working for Corcus Distribution in Little Island, Vision Contracting, worked their way right through the pandemic. Morning to you all. Uh, to Laura McCarthy, who's working from home this week. Kevin O'Leary's Service World on the South Douglas Road are listening. Sub-Zero Cryotherapy on the Grand Parade. On post at the North City Delivery Office. Everybody working hard at Wilton Technology in Ovens. Countrywide Drains in Dripsy. Alter Domus at the Airport Business Park are listening. Kira in Clonakilty working from home for the last 12 months. Would like a relaxing evening with the kids and pizza. St. Finbar's as well. I donated blood there on Tuesday. They were amazing. Not enough credit goes to the hard work they do. Please nominate them for pizza. Says Charlene Bell. Stephen Heffern and Electrical are listening. They're starving. Clona Dairy and Wilton. Store, everybody working in the stores at Smurfit Kappa. To all at Paula Duff Industrial Estate. Smith's on the Kinsale Road. Packaging Cork in Paula Duff. The Maguire Suite. Demence Unit in St. Luke's. And we'll do more shout outs in about a half an hour hours time. Remember that flight we mentioned? There was a chap on the air there talking about a jumbo jet that landed in Cork Airport. He wasn't sure whether it was 88 or 89, but it was a jumbo nonetheless. And this is the back end of the 80s. It came in from New York. Marie O'Neill was on board, apparently. Marie, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are so you? So we're mad about, about nostalgia here. So tell us about that. What was the flight about? What was this, uh, Who was on board besides yourself? Well, that's where I know Paddy McCarthy and all oh, those. There was a good few from Ballet Hand alone. It was my original from Ballet Hand. And I was living in New York at the time. And I came on that flight with my daughter. She was only about two. She's 36 now. And um, I just remember the flight. It was a grand flight. And when we got into Kirk, uh, all the women coming down the steps got uh, rolled. And it was music on the runway. And it was beautiful. Was it 88? But would it be around that? Because um, we moved to New York in... 85. Yeah. So it was 88, 89, around that. Yeah, because I was yeah, in Canada yeah. then, so I wouldn't have known anything about this flight, but nonetheless. Yeah. It was a charter one-off, was it? I think it was, yes, the only one ever. And um, I think, now I could be wrong, I think when we left New York, we had to stop in Newfoundland. for with, That's where we got they brought on the food. They could get it on there for some reason. <laughs> but when the doors opened, my God, the cold was unreal. <laughs> unreal. But it was a great experience. And was the great crack and a bit of a sing-song and all that kind oh, of caper? Oh, it was great crack all together, especially with all the clothes and that of your hand and all the perfect people. It was a brilliant place. It was over before you do it. So they just, why, why did they charter just a one-off from New York, do you know? I don't know. i say that fellow Paddy McCarthy would have had a lot to do with it because he was very good at Cork people. Oh, yeah, he's a Cork to man, run, true, he's true. To run, um, he's actually run the Cork Association dinner every 
year on Patrick's weekend. Yeah, yeah. On Patrick's yeah, weekend. Yeah. I know him, and I know, and, and we all know of his nephew Tom McCarthy, who's a very successful right. business that's owner right, there with yeah. uh, with yeah. Smithfield Hall and Longacre Tavern yeah. and places like that. So it was only that's just the right. one. And were you coming home for good or for a holiday? Oh no, no, I was just coming home for a holiday. I came home every year that I was there the seven years. <laughs> and you, <what> did you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> And what, what did you do over there, there in the otherwise, 80s? I think. What did you do over well, there? Well, you see, um, my husband, we went out there for work and he was working in construction. So it was very good at the time. There was plenty of work there, you and know. there was none we here. We done very... There was none no, here. No, we done... Yeah, we did very well there. It was a recession so here at the was, time. It was, Everyone it was, was worth it for us to go at the time. It was seven years, I know, but do you know, it was an experience, Lee. An experience, okay, you know? and um, did you go back on that same flight then? No, no. I stayed here for about a month. So nice when I come home, I used to stay for about a month because nice I have a big family. So by the time I get to see all of them. <laughs> it took a month to visit all the in-laws. Well, it was great, a yeah. great experience and great memories of New uh, York. With the likes of Paddy McCarthy and all that. It would help you through things near away from home because they were a great group. Yeah, they look, Cork people look out for each other, yeah, oh. the Irish too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I remember we went back then one year, we were home for good. We came home in 92 and we went back in 94 for the World Cup and stayed with friends of ours and all like that. Um, big, big TV out the back with a swimming pool and every time Ireland would score, the children would get dipped in the pool and all <laughs> great memories on together. Happy days. Well done. Thanks Happy for that. Days. Now we have a better picture okay. about the flight. Cheers, Marie. Yeah. Mind yourself. Take care. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, then. Seamus Whelan is out and about every day this week. Since from Monday, of course, the 5K is gone and people are all over the place, east, west and north. And he's trying to get out and meet as many people as he can. And yesterday, it was to sunny Crosshaven he went to, to speak to locals, tourists, <laughs> as in Corkonians, getting to go down to Crosshaven for the first time in a long time. And also he popped into a few businesses. But a lot of movement outside the 5K this week, obviously, because people can spread their wings. And we wanted to get a flavor of people where, where, where people were traveling to and how they were feeling about things. So yesterday, certainly down in Crosshaven. Drums, please! Hi, Tony McCarthy is my own name. I've been working Trish and Phipps in Crosshaven, County Cork. Our local takeaway business has picked up since it came, since they lifted the 5k kilometer rules and we have seen a lot more tourists coming in than that. It was very busy the last three days now and it has paid off with the lifting of the 5k kilometers. And like, what was it like for the last three, nearly four months in lockdown for you? It was hard. Uh, we, we were tipping away all the time, but it wasn't as busy as what we should normally have been. We have a caravan site here in Fountainstown. If they were able to open them, it would bring more people to the village as well. Do you know, everyone in the village then, not just ourselves, but all the other businesses would benefit from it as well. Oh, we're delighted. Yeah, great all together. Thrilled. Can get around more now. We came from Cork, the city. And, and did you miss Crosshaven for all those months? Oh, sure we did, of course, yeah. Missed the walks and everything. We'll be going to you all tomorrow now. Can't wait to get around places. And do you think that by lifting the 5k that it kind of opens the door to staycations this year? Oh, definitely, definitely. I'd say we'll be open by July, I'd say. Hopefully, we'll all be able to go. But sure, why would you want to leave Cork anyway? That's true, that's true. We have everything around us, everything. Being a single mom, two kids. Well, yeah. Yeah. And like when your parents are living so far away then as well, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's... 
great now to be able to just come out and walk around and my little four-year-old now um you know was even asking about when his granny's going to have her second vaccine so she can keep over and see her and play with her and, you know i mean it was just strange to even hear him like saying the word second vaccine is she when she yeah, when's he for a little four-year-old yeah. to actually say when's when's granny having the second vaccine i mean i didn't even ever speak to him about it but he's been picking it up in conversation about second vaccine and how he'll be able to see his granny so it's very strange though well, i'm very happy i'm done can sail and well i'm a big walker like we just couldn't get out like just coming getting depressed i'm being inside the too long we're locked up too long you know they should have given us more room such especially if you're fit enough to walk you know that's the story complaint I have about it. But like yeah. down in Kinsale, why would you want to leave Kinsale or why would you want to we leave We have lovely like walks down Kinsale, but you need a, a variety as well, you know. We couldn't go to the old head, for instance, like we're a couple of kilometres short of it, but they wouldn't allow us out there, which is a joke, you know. So we're doing a Camino up the country in July now. We've got off a minute into Dublin docks, six days walking. Yeah, you walk 20 miles a day, roughly. It's just nice to go somewhere somewhere different, especially when the weather is like this. It's fabulous. Just to be by the sea as well, you know. I, I miss the sea. So it's fantastic just to be out now and just to be able to see some somewhere new. I'm from Carrigaline. I didn't branch too far yet, but the, <laughs> at the weekend we'll, we'll go further afield, definitely. I just, you know, especially if this weather keeps up now, it's, it's a glorious morning today. So very happy to be here, meet my friends, you know, haven't seen it's them. It's an option Haven't now, seen them yeah. since Christmas, yeah. December. So it's amazing, yeah. Delighted. So did you miss each other? Yes. <laughs> we did. And it's, yeah. a, it's, it's even better rather than doing it over Zoom, I would assume. Oh, then. God, yeah. There's no comparison with Zoom. That, was a, that was a novelty, I think, one or two turns, and then it just it's, it's not the same. Lovely community. They're really now young and old. Isn't that right? It's a lovely community to live in. Really, we welcome visitors because there's loads of history around the area. Like, it's a beautiful area. You have all the sailing, the yachts. I live here in Crosshaven, and I've been out every day, every day, for the last two years, doing the social distancing, wearing our masks, finding it very hard to talk right off my mask. No, but social distancing, like we do here on the benches. And it like, didn't bother me. I, I can understand where somebody who was restricted would be delighted with their 5k being lifted. But like you want to leave Crosshaven? Me? God, no. Listen, if they could cremate me here, I'd be because I love it. I was born here. I was reared here. My mother was born here. All my children were born and reared here. My grandmother was born here. And to me, this is the only place on earth. Have I travelled? Yes. But I'd still come back to the only place on earth. Yeah, you would. Oh, I leave Crosshaven. But I have to come back. The minute, the minute I roam that line killing corner out there and see this village, I'm at peace. Yeah. Eric Idle, Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life. I have a buddy, actually. I can't remember who, but I think it's a he. And he wants that played as he's coming down in his wicker coffin down the aisle of the church, which I think is a great idea. Always look on the bright side of life. Anyway, that's great. And I hope that puts a pep in your step. And it's good to accentuate the positive. It really is. I mean, without wanting to bang on about, you know, being optimistic about things, we certainly are looking at, there's going to be an announcement 
in the next two weeks, right? And that announcement will talk about hairdressers, for instance, and non-essential and getting the green light for, you know, um, maybe other aspects of life that will be maybe museums or theme parks and, and stuff like that. But I'm also hopeful that by two weeks' time that Mio Martin, Leo Varadkar and all of them, because I read in the paper this morning, said they will give an indication then as well when restrictions will be lifted in June and July uh, with regards to uh, hospitality. Uh, certainly, uh, we're figuring that June will be the outdoors, early June maybe, uh, and indoors then will be the back end of June and early July for what we're calling the traditional pubs and stuff. Uh, and then he's also touching on about um, how many people will be vaccinated because they're saying that they still believe they're on target to have 80% of the people vaccinated with, I'm going to say, the first dose by the end of July. So, again, bear in mind, politicians are saying these things. So you, everything like that comes from a politician's mouth, comes with a caveat. But at least that's the more positive briefing that we've been getting these days. And Neffet seemed to be a lot more positive as well and buoyant about the drop in rates, drop in hospitals, and also the drop in the R number. So all that's got to be good. Uh, so super positive in that regard. Um, can I just mention, also, I played that song because somebody asked me to play it earlier on this morning and I thought it fitted well as, uh, as a summer song for today. But can I mention um, Susan, who's got um, her own business. It's called Saucy Pups. And you can check her out, www.saucypups.com. Why am I mentioning that? Well, I shared some of her beautiful artwork on my own Instagram recently because she sent me some of her artwork, beautiful art um, from areas like Fountainstown and Myrtleville and Crosshaven and Douglas. Um, and if you would like to pick up one of those people pieces, or um, and you can get a copy, a print copy, they're, they're very cheap, just check out our website, saucypops.com, particularly if you come from those areas. She hopes to roll out and do more art and more paintings of other towns and villages across uh, across Cork but she was saying recently in an email I'm super nostalgic of my holidays in Fountainstown since I was one year old and I'd love to share these illustrations with the people of Cork thanks Neil for previously sharing it on your Instagram but it's called the Tiny Towns Collection and she's done a beautiful one of Fountainstown Myrtleville Crosshaven and she did one of Douglas um, and she put me into the, the one of Douglas and in there cycling along on my rower through the village but go check it out because she's a fantastic talent and it will make a lovely gift particularly for somebody who either loves those areas or are from those areas it's called saucypups.com thank you The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. another aspect of all of this of course is buying and selling houses and I'll touch on this next week I was talking recently with Joanna Murphy the auctioneer down on the Great Island Cove area and they, she says that many auctioneers are like, a, like lunatics now because they haven't been given the go ahead to go back to physical viewings. I think they're doing online and they do um, virtual viewing, but it's not quite the same thing. Uh, and apparently the buyers and the sellers and the prices, um, prices are going up, up, up and buyers are trying to sell and buyers and sorry, sellers are trying to sell and buyers are trying to view and they would like a bit more um, more optics really on their timeline as to when they'll be able to get back to work. Uh, so I'll deal with that on Monday, particularly if people are in the market for buying and selling houses. Just see what the market is like here on Leaside. Lines open at one 104 106 We've got calls standing by. John's holding on, but first up, Fiona on one. Fiona, good morning. Hiya. Thanks for the email. It's quite lengthy. It's always better to chat. Um, okay. But you just want to pick up on some particular aspects regarding AstraZeneca, the, el- the elderly, um, and issues like that, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, like when when the government decided in recent weeks to go to an age based rollout, we thought that was a great idea because it kind of it was the fairer system. Um, it was you know once the the very vulnerable people were were sorted, obviously, um, and we thought, oh, that's great. And the but what they what Mr. Radker and Mr. Coveney said yesterday, and in print and and on and and online and on radio. And remind us of what they said, if you will. Well, basically, that we would go to the back of the queue if we don't uh, if, if if we don't take the vaccine they want us to take, even if we've got real reservations based on our own research. And you know, we're not thick; we can read as well, and we can listen to all the various medics around the world. So. If we make a decision, um, you know, well, it's just not for me. There's a choice available. And if if there wasn't a choice, Neil, I'd be running for the AstraZeneca. Running. Um, and a lot of your textures would say things like, oh, sure, people never question the flu jab. Yeah, because there's only one flu jab every year. There's no choice. It, it, it's about choice for me and, and our family. And... And if, if, if I felt that I wasn't being forced into it, maybe I'd think of it differently, but being forced into it, um, it just sounds like a China dictatorship. No, but people, you know? people need to be able to ask questions, you know, right. and, and uh, like perhaps, problem, perhaps, it, perhaps it is all about reading the label and assessing the risk. Correct. And we have done that, Neil, and we've assessed the risk and we've made a very informed decision. Which is not what? based on QAnon and all of that, but we've made a very infor- informed decision at age 60 and 65 that we're going to wait until there is an availability of the mRNA. And we assume Pfizer. that we'd be waiting until June or July. Or Pfizer, whatever. you're saying. Pfizer, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah a, safe, a safer vaccine. Moderna is the same. A, yeah. safe, a safer vaccine, in, in our mind, based on the, the, uh, the research we've done, based on everything Dr. Fauci says, based on all the things that happened last week with Johnson Johnson pulling out of Europe and being pulled out of the States and all the other stuff. So, so we know, have, we're, not, we're not hearing any alerts regarding Pfizer or Moderna with regards to clotting or platelet and issues. there is a huge thing, and we're not hearing it here, but it's on CNN, it's on MSB and NBC, it's on all the other programs around the world. They are stating categorically that, in, in, for instance, in the States, 116 million Pfizer and Moderna doses have been handed out now. Not one of those CVST clotting uh, and low platelet things. Not one. They've stated that categorically. Mm, mm. So, so, you know, it's, and it's easy for people to say, oh, you know, you, 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 how dare you not take it? And, you know, people around the world would be delighted to have it. I get all of that. And, of course, I would agree with it. But if there wasn't a choice, but there is a choice. And, if, and I am genuinely worried. I'm up since 3 o'clock this morning again now, worried, sick about it. And, you know, this, this, and so annoyed with uh, Radker and uh, Coven yesterday telling us we'd be going to the back of the queue, like we were Buchel Dawn and Colleen Dawn, you know? Mm. Like, don't give me that. I'm 60 years of age. I'm working 40 years. Husband working 50 years. You know, we've paid our dues. Like. But yesterday and, I spoke uh, to a pharmacist because I was trying to get medical opinions from people. Yeah, so a pharmacist says that not taking it is a higher risk than taking it because of COVID. And, and, here, and here's the thing there. That's in the higher the vulnerable group, the, the age group that we're in, the 60 to 69. So to have Bradcar yesterday saying that we, the people they're saying are more at risk of COVID, would now go to the back of the queue because we were bold, that makes no sense. Do you see what I mean? So, so like, on the one hand, they want to, to protect the vulnerable. That was the age-based thing. That was what that was all about. And on the other hand, 
oh, you're not going to take the one we, we were going to force on you. So, right, you, you, you're going to the back of the queue. I, I, had, I, I had visions of being amongst a national school right to the back of the class there, Fiona. But I think at this stage, right, with the numbers so low and the R rate below one and hospitals not being under pressure and... Cork certainly has very, very little cases. I don't know. Somebody would tell me what the number was for Cork yesterday. I'm sure it was tiny. That 12 or something, yeah. Yeah, so holding on, really. Mm-hmm. It, uh, 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 that would be fine if you choose to hold on. Like, well, this like, is I mean, what I believe. The, the, only, the only impact it's going to have on you is social, really. Correct. And, and already we are well used to, like, I have a father 88 and elderly neighbours I look out for. I double mask everywhere I go. I socially distance. I don't have people in my house. I don't go to other people's house. I, I'm, I'm okay to wait another two months. We've done over a year of this. You know, we're working from home and um, doing all the hours we ever did before. So nothing has changed. I, I'm willing to wait. We, we actually didn't even expect to get it until June anyway. And I have no issue with that. But to be told that we will go to the end of the year or to August or September, that's just petulant. It's petulant. And, and it's a snide remark. And it, 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 it isn't the way. And all around, and you heard it, I'm sure, on prime time yourself last night, Fran McNulty, um, like, and, and all over the radio programmes this morning, that GPs up and down the country are recording up to 30% of their patients. Up to 30% of their patients are now vaccine hesitant, either for AstraZeneca or all of them all of the vaccines. Like, that, that's not where we, sh- we should yes, be. Yes, but we also I, heard of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who registered on the portal correct. yesterday. And I was thrilled about that because the 75% apparently of the 69s did that yesterday. And I was delighted with that because the more people get rid of that bunch of the AstraZeneca, the faster there'll be a Pfizer available for me. You see, so I, I'm not against somebody who's going in to get the AstraZeneca. So I don't know why people want to be against me for not taking yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. But 25% of this cohort, this age group, Neil, um, I looked it up in the CSO, I think it's about 480,000 of us in this age group, and there are, so that would leave about 120,000 of us that didn't sign up yesterday. Or, or, sorry, if, if, if we carry on that 25% that didn't sign up yesterday for 69, if they do it right down to 60, that means 120,000 people w- you know, won't be done. And we're in the so-called vulnerable age group. Colin Henry and all of them, they're telling us we're at major risk if we get COVID. Yeah. So, so um, why, why, why would you slap us on the wrist? Why would you not just say, look, I, I totally accept your, 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 your real um, worries about this, genuine fears. It's not made up. You know, it's not conspiracy theory. We're not anti-vaxxers. I, I can't wait to have a vaccine in my arm, but I will wait until there's one that's safer. Okay, like, okay. I, I, I had, when, when Leo was on with Pat Kenny yesterday morning saying this thing about the back of the queue, I, I, I'd love if Pat had asked him, right, Leo, in front of you, you have a Pfizer and you have an AstraZeneca. Which one are you actually going to take? If they were both actually available to him right now. I'd love somebody to ask them that. But of course, Leo doesn't have to worry about that because he's going to get the Pfizer or Moderna anyway. How do you know that? So, because he, he's in that age group that under the under 60s. That, that yeah, but it, the, it, like AstraZeneca isn't being phased out. Oh, no, sorry, no, I don't mean that. No, but at the moment, we've been told that AstraZeneca won't be given to the under 60s. That's right, but that's... And, and he's but, under 60. Yeah, well, it, it'll all 
<coughs> I mean, I don't want to labour the point, but it'll be it'll all depend on the volume of vaccine that we have as we go across Absolutely. the summer. Oh, sure. Look, and that vaccine will include AstraZeneca. Absolutely. But, and, and you know, one of your texts this well, morning, but, and I appreciate, you know, young lad, he's worried, you know, he, he hasn't had any any um, job in the last year or whatever. I appreciate all that. It doesn't matter to him or anybody wh- whether I take it now or in the future. I'm still going to get a, going to get an available vaccine. I'm not stopping the lockdown being you know undone. It's because if, if I'm not going to get the jab that's available, somebody else will have it. So the population is still going to build up an immunity. Okay. Do you know? I just want to make that point. Okay. You, you you just before you say you double mask. Why? I double mask. Yeah. Why? Why? Um, in fact, I put on one of those blue ones, you know, the the um, medical ones, and then I put a cloth and as well over it because I believe that that's the si- that is the science. That's what they're doing in America. Those that will wear it, that's what they do across in Asia. Um, it's it has been said scientifically across. The, in fact, sorry, Ronan Glynn said it that double masking, you know, could actually help to to further protect me and you, kind of thing. You okay, know? all right, okay. So, anyway. Appreciate that. Stay safe. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Fiona. Uh, Jennifer is on. Th- so I will talk to you in a couple of seconds. But first up, uh, John, good morning. As Can you hear me all right? No, he's not on two guys. So maybe I might just go straight to uh, Jennifer and come back to John in a few minutes time. Jennifer, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm well. So you, um, you're in the band Sparkle. If they're just tough on the air, you and, and Caroline. So it's 400 days now since you guys had a gig. Yeah, it is. Is it 400 today? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. God Almighty, an awful thing to be counting the days, isn't it? I know, it's been an awful long year already. Um, we're kind of no end in sight either, Neil, so we're kind of up in a heap. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Okay, and how have you, I mean, do you mind me asking, how have you managed, did you get a pop payment and, and everything like that you've been looked after in that regard? Yeah, yeah, so we got the pop payment at the start. Um, Caroline's actually gone off and done her own thing. She's become a Slimming World consultant now, so she's kind of doing that on the side. Um, and I'm just kind of hoping that the gig scene will come back soon. Um, but we're uh, just trying to get through every day, I suppose, uh, same as everybody else that's on the music scene. You know, there's no... We can't really I, saw you, I saw you posting... You're performing online, aren't you? I know it's not the same, but I certainly did see some some numbers that you were posting. Yeah, yeah, we were doing live shows there for a while last year, and I think we did a couple this year as well. And um, we, we do plan to do a few more in the future as well, like, but um, I suppose it's just not the same as sitting in a pub or playing a wedding, or, you know, it's just, you no, know, it's great to be able to do it online, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's supposed to have a live audience. Ah, oh, sure, I know. You must have had a fortune of cancellations, did you? Yeah, we did. So we'd like loads of weddings and functions and things like that. Like, because we had the two piece for a while, as you know, and yeah. then we kind of set up the full band for the weddings and stuff like that. So we'd only just kind of gotten one year out of that. So like 2020 would have been kind of our busiest year with the full band. And we had to cancel everything, obviously, with the with COVID and everything, you know, but um, everything's just kind of moved on year by year now. So we're just trying to see how it goes and how we can fit everyone in at the same time, you know. So, oh, so you're optimistic when it's back, when we're back, that the bookings will be there, the gigs will be there, the events will be there, the weddings. Because if you look at America now, um, and okay, a lot of Europe, including the UK, they're opening up for gigs. That's that's very disheartening when you see that, I suppose. Yeah, well, so it's, it is and it isn't. Like it's kind of it is hope, you know. It's goals to kind of aim for. Um, well, the they're out, they be, they're outdoor. A lot of the ones I'm describing. Like I read, there was an yeah. article I read in the in the Financial Times of the weekend with um, some of the club club owners. You know, many clubs, yeah. many clubs and nightclubs. I'm referring to in the UK. In the UK have gone to the wall because of this. They're just throwing their hat at it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, we kind of don't know which way it's going to go. Like, because I, I don't know with the smaller pubs and stuff, I don't, I think they're going to find it very hard to stay open as it is, never mind booking music to play, you know. I think the wedding thing will obviously keep going. Like, everyone still wants to get married and go ahead. So that will be good, I think, still. Like, we still have all our bookings just moved forward. Um, but the angle we're trying to go with now just to keep kind of, I suppose, doing something with music is we're, we're writing more now. So we're trying to record an EP at the moment. So we're just kind of writing songs and getting them together and, you know, so we're kind of going that route now just to keep busy, like, you know. Long time, isn't it? 400 days. An awful long Yeah, time. it is. It is. It is. I, I know. Suppose, I suppose <laughs> the jazz festival isn't going to happen, is it? Jennifer, do you know? Any idea? I don't think so. I haven't heard anything about it anyway. Like, you know, um, I suppose until everyone's kind of vaccinated. So how, could it, like, how could it go ahead, yeah. I suppose, when artists wouldn't be able to travel from the four corners of the world to come to it? Exactly. And sure, you don't even know how many people you could have in a room to watch either, you know? <laughs> So know, it's, know. unless they do it virtually now, I don't know. Maybe that's an idea. But who knows? CBA are doing yeah. their big awards on their dinner virtually tomorrow night, and it sold out. It was amazing. Yeah. There were, it was 180 euro for a, a ticket for two people. Dinner provided. You went pick, go pick it up tomorrow, bring it home, cook it, um, and um, completely sold out. There's so yeah. I mean, people adapt. Like it's not the same though. It just isn't the same. No, not, um, not like. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to get some of your material. If you want to get something into me, I'd be happy to play it, particularly something from the EP, you know? Oh, that'd be brilliant. That'd be unreal. And if you wouldn't mind. Not at all. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. As the fella says, make it radio friendly, but knowing you guys, it will be anyway. Yeah, yeah. We've some, we some good ones coming that way. So I'll definitely be on to if you don't mind. That'd not at all. Just get in touch and send it on. Send me an MP3 or something like that. Anyway, Jennifer, to you and Caroline, have a good weekend and um, stop watching the clock. It'll wreck your head. Yeah, okay. You too, Neil. Have a nice weekend. You're lovely. Take care of yourself. Cheers. Thank you too. wonder if John is there now. John, good morning. Yeah, good afternoon, Neil. Oh, there you are now. There's a delay because I think you're in a different part of the world, are you? I'm in uh, Dhamam in the eastern province of Saudi Arabia, (laughs) uh, Neil. (laughs) I have listeners all over the world. This week week we've been all over. Um, Did you want to pick up on Cork Airport, was it? Forgive me. Absolutely, absolutely. You know Cork Airport and nobody's talked about the second runway. The second runway, that's what they call 0725. It's a 1300 metre runway. It can take all the Aer Lingus regional aircraft. It can take, and listen for this, the KLM aircraft, the Embraer, can land on it. I would like to know why there is no plan to keep some connectivity for the 10-week period. Um it's just the mind boggles you're, you're a chartered so civil engineer you work in airport infrastructure surely be to God you'd know that you couldn't have planes landing around where there's huge amount of plant and machinery what a week Neil I do it all the time every day of the week every night of the week we managed uh, runway resurfacing runway replacement parallel taxiway work and it all can be done safely. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't accept, uh, the, obviously, where the intersection occurs of the two runways, that's a time that needs to be planned. But I do not accept the 10-week, and I think Cork cannot accept it. Also, just as an aside, and it's something that hasn't come out in the media at all in Ireland, I believe our government has failed Cork, and I tell you why, we've happily let Aer Lingus deploy aircraft from Dublin to Manchester, and your, some of your listeners are very correct that can actually aircraft that can fly from Cork to Boston and New York, there's a single aisle A321 aircraft, extended range, that can land comfortably in Cork. But Aer Lingus have redeployed the aircraft to Manchester 
to provide services to the USA from Manchester. It's part and parcel, of course, of the Aer Lingus is basically sold off to the IAG group. Mm. And we but it's, it's no longer it's no longer ours. We we can't dictate what they do anymore. Uh, we, as it is, but just getting uh, it's something that Cork needs to fight for because as long as Cork is under the umbrella of the Dublin Airport Authority, it suits Dublin. They, their interest is Dublin, not Cork. Okay, just talk to me because I'm under pressure for time. But talk to me as yeah. a chartered civil engineer working in airport infrastructure with regards to. Okay, we spoke about the timing, closing in September for 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 ten weeks. You know the airport. Is that ten week period for the work that they want to do? Is that is that about right? It's crazy. You it's can runways, airports, they open and they use nighttime working and wind and allow windows up of opportunity to allow flights come and go. I would my uh, I think that ten weeks is way over the top. You could. There's probably a core time of about a month where you'd have grave difficulty. But outside of that, it is just, uh, I go so far as to say it's stinginess, absolute stinginess on behalf of Dublin Airport because they're not prepared to pay for additional out-of-hours work. Okay, they're not yeah, prepared that could to, be it. Yeah. To and, and, and the management of it. I call it the people of Cork. It was very interesting. I remember Jack Lynch's day. I remember the people in Cork to stand up for Cork and Cork Airport. It's not acceptable. And Dublin Airport will happily run Cork into the ground. Uh, Why? Why would they want to do that? Or is it us just being cynical and suspicious of Dublin yet again? Why would they want to do that? Well, for the same reason. I mean, I suppose... If you look at uh, under our current Thomas Leobaratkar happily closed Galway and Sligo airports, they see Dublin has uh, a critical mass and a large area. There's good motorways. Uh, they don't see the, the, the likes of the feeling of arriving back into Dublin airport and having to face the two and a half to three hours drive down to Cork. It suits them for route development. It suits them. But why for, then would uh, they? Why then would they spend two hundred and one million? Um, only 12 years ago, maybe 13 now, rebuilding or building a brand new airport terminal. They were basically forced to, basically Cork, but Cork Airport, if it was under its own, has, it will always be Dublin if it's, if it's tied to it. And Dublin's main, and this is purely speculative, but it serves no logical and useful purpose. But you try telling that to the most important companies that are based in the Munster region. Connectivity really matters. And coming back to my own hat as well, I we delivered, we re, I resurfaced a four-kilometer runway, right, in a six-week period, right. Yeah. And we were we were able to do that. We we were able to do that in two. In we got a closure for that one to do it. And it's a sim- that the runway was originally built in 1966 and needed major uh, planning and taking off the circle. Cork Airport 61, you see. So just you you did I, four kilometres in six weeks. How long is yeah. the job? How long is the runway in Cork Airport? Two two one three three uh, meters. Uh, so it's 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 roughly half the length, and more important, 
it's actually narrower as well. The surface in Cork is narrower than the surface of the airport I have done here recently. Are you are you guys um, in for the tender in Cork? You don't know? Oh, no, 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 not at all. But I tell you, I'd love to, I challenge uh, uh, Kevin Cullinan to show me the schedule and I'll show him uh, how they can save money, a lot of money. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, that, that, and it's very, just as an interesting aside, Mr. Cullinan went to school with me. Um, and as I couldn't, I just had to check on LinkedIn, was it the same person? But it's very interesting. Uh, it can be done, money can be saved. And the last point is uh, Cork, it's very important to stand up for that airport. Thank you, John. Look after yourselves. Have a good weekend in Amman. Meanwhile, lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Some shout outs for Demo and the lads building in Glanton. They're big, hairy builders in need of a good feed. Alex and Svetlana are working for Apple side by side at home since March. Um, AP Vaughan recycling in Tower Amari on the Tremore Road. Ruth Garrett working hard. She would. Uh, I'd love to give. Uh, Ruth, a big surprise. Um, Ruth is Ruth, though, unless it's two Ruths. Um, Martina, Mary, Fionn, Mike and Anne, while working in the gala shop in Inna Shannon, Common Sports Warehouse in Little Island, the SMA at the Africa Missions in Wilton, uh, Catherine's in St. Rita's Avenue, and would love pizza for her bingo buddies. She misses the laugh of them. For all the ladies and kids in great childcare in Little Island, the Moore family in Mahan, Focus Physio and Balancolic, uh, Michael O'Driscoll Motors in Inniscarra, the ISS team working in the kitchen for Al Con. Uh, we've worked through the lockdown without a break. We feed 150 people a day with breakfast, lunch and dinners without a bother or a moan. It'd be nice for us to be fed for a change. Cork Cleaning Solutions in Monogorny. Uh, I'm 50 tomorrow, says Deirdre Crowley. I want pizza for my birthday. HSC on Adelaide Street. One or two more. Jaron, the team in the radiology department at the Matter Private. Contemporary Kitchens on the Southside Industrial Estate are listening. Uh, Scott Shine working for JNS Automotive in Little Island. Uh, Amy and Elaine are working from home in Ross Carberry. And just two more. CB Tool Hire on the Tremor Road. And uh, my daughter, Alicia O'Reilly, it's her eighth birthday. It's the second one in lockdown. Great kid. Always checks when Red FM is on when she gets into the car. Well, she's great to be so loyal. So there are the shout outs. We'll pick some winners in a few minutes time. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, you talk about copies and the stuff that's going on between Marks and Spencer's and Aldi's now with, um, with regards to Colin the Caterpillar or Curly the Caterpillar or Cuthbert the Caterpillar. Marks and Spencer has Percy Pigs um, and there's a Lidl version called Henry Hippo. The Okie Dokies from Aldi are actually made in Tato. So they're the exact same crisps with a different price. I don't know about that. I pass it on for what it's worth. Actually, it's... I actually know something. I was in Tesco during the week and I... Because I, I had to... Uh, first of all, I sent out to get a new kettle. Well, I had to get it anyway because the other kettle didn't work. And I was in Tesco and I was told, go out and get a kettle you can see through it and you can watch the water boiling. They have them in Tesco. So I went down. They didn't have them in Tesco. They had a million different types of kettles and I got talking to the staff and customers. We had a good chat about it. They were telling me where you can get them. But I said, nah, forget about it. Kettle's a kettle. It boils water. So I bought the Tesco kettle. Perfectly good. Um, black with all kind of shiny, curvy bits on it and everything. Brought it home. And they freaked out. No, absolutely freaked out. So that wasn't good enough. So off on my travels again. So instead of paying nineteen ninety nine for a perfectly good kettle in Tesco, I ended up having to spend sixty nine ninety five for a see through kettle in Harvey Normans. Normans, like I mean, you know, I'm, well, not me. I'm frugal, like I just could not understand. But I suppose it's, it's a piece of art or a piece of kitchen furniture. I just don't get that. It boils water. But anyway, so. 
Now I have two kettles. How did I get onto that? Oh yeah. So when I was in Tesco then I was buying porridge and maybe you could explain this to me because I think porridge flakes, oat flakes or oat flakes. I don't understand like how there could be any difference. Perhaps how they're grown. I don't know. But the regular ones, the big bag of them, two eighty nine, right? And a bag of the Tesco oatmeal or porridge flakes, 69 cent, which I bought. And like if you put up two bowls of porridge to me, one made with the Tesco 69 cent porridge and the other one made with the 289 bag, I just would not be able to tell the difference. I mean, is there a difference? What is the difference? When you look at huge different price variations like that. Anyway, just a thought. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four now, and also apparently one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Lidl have a brand of frosty cereal. Uh, they just call them frosted flakes. So instead of being they're great, they're actually grand. <laughs> I know, I know. I need to rest for the weekend. Trevor. Yes, Niall. Now, um, I was interested in this because I was telling you earlier on or during the week that there will be a new warning on your phone for those people who are zombie walkers. You know what zombie That's walkers correct. are, don't you? I, I do, yeah. I heard that program actually the other yeah, morning. Yeah, zombies are, they're walking along and they're bumping into people or they're bumping into lampposts because they're texting while walking. Right. Yeah. Then, so now you'll get a warning on your phone. Look up. Cop on. Anyway, you wanted to pick up on that. Go ahead. You're a 74-year-old cycler, are you? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. I was outside on Tuesday night out the straight road and where the lane going out on the right-hand side joins the footpath, I cycled onto the footpath because it's a, a cycleway and a walkway as well. You share it. And, I know uh, it. You have cycled it. share it, yeah. And um, halfway out that was in there and the end of the straight road, there was a guy walking at um, a normal pace reading a book coming against me. <laughs> How was he able to do that? I don't know. I don't know because surely the jolting up and down would make the book, the print waver a bit. Was he walking was or running anyway. or jogging? No, he, he, he was walking at a normal pace. <laughs> okay, so zombie walkers aren't necessarily on their phone then. They're reading books as well. No, no, they're reading books now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what was the book? Do you have any idea? He was in Groston. Not a, not a clue. I, I was too busy cycling to stop and look. It wasn't, the rule, it wasn't the book on the rules of the road anyway, for sure. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. Martin. All right, fair play. Listen, lovely stuff. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Okay, take care. Oak Fire Pizza, Real Fire, Wood Fire Pizza, now available at Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street and Gillabby Street if you're buying some pizza this weekend. We have three winners and you will receive four large vouchers with sides, so piping hot pizza and our winners this week, Mark Willington informs me. James Barry love the show, playing away here every day, we're flat out working in Blackpool installing a new boiler and yes, we're fully registered. So well done James, we've got pizza for you and your plumbing buddies also for the ISS team working in the kitchen in Alcon remember I told you about them, they're working, feeding 150 people a day, lunch breakfast and dinner and they need to be fed for a change. So pizza for Mark, Magic Mike and Donna. And also a final one for some Apple workers working from home, Alex and Svetlana. So you'll get the pizza, but make sure you have others in the house as well that you can share them with because there'll be a lot of pizza for two of you. So hopefully you'll be able to share with some friends or if it's safe to do so. So well done, Alex and Svetlana, Mark and all of the gang at uh, ISS and James Barry and the plumbers in Blackpool. Our lines will stay open at one 850 You can text 0868104106. Everything I didn't get to this morning, I'll pick up on Monday. Can I just say, uh, among other things, there's a great response to the best barman or best barwoman in Cork. 
that you miss. We're getting some great texts and great stuff on that. Uh, different individuals who are being sadly missed for the local hostelries. And we'll pick up on that and lots more besides on Monday. Have a good weekend. See you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.